Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Patrick, do you have an app wow. that turns your heater on and off? Just a smart, just a smart plug. Oh, okay. Because it's like, it's, it's not specific oh, so you to like cut off the, you, you turn off the outlet. Yeah, 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 huh. yeah, yeah. I have a heater okay. that's just set to on, and then because I, I, the like the moment you open the door to my office, it's like whoosh, like everything I was, all the hotboxing I was doing is is gone. <laughs> that's what hotboxing is. I spent so much time. That's my. I don't. I don't smoke weed. <laughs> like that's my version of hotboxing, which is like I try and trap actual heat <laughs> into my <laughs> cold office, and then if I have to pee. It's like, well, goodbye. Goodbye, heat. Goodbye, goodbye heat. You're gone. <laughs> um, I, I did so much work this, like, this off-season, uh, Rob, uh, this winter, to try and, like, you know what? Maybe I just need to do... This was, like, my version of, like, going down a rabbit hole was, like, I'm, there are spots in this house that if I just find different ways of blocking different elements of the cold, this downstairs does not have to be as cold as it is. Like, we can fight this. Like, we have the technology... The resources, but you know, all these different things to shove into our <laughs> fireplace to like cover up more of like the cold that could come through there. Like rebought things from all the doors, stuff for different outlets. Still cold as shit. So they still I feel like. So is the patio door not the big weak point anymore? Uh, everything that I thought was the weak point, I addressed. No longer can feel any cold air coming through, and the result is still. Just an extremely cold. Down. It's just it's just the nature of the house. It's just like I'm sure that in the aggregate, I'm probably saving money on heating costs. Like it's not nothing, but I would eat the heating costs if I could just be warmer. So okay, so <clears throat> so there is a whole um, the way my apartment is laid out. Right, is that the windows are all toward let's call that the back of the apartment. And then where the door is, is the front. Um, even though obviously it feels like this is the front cause it looks out into the world, et cetera. But, uh, the windows are all at the back. And then, so are the only air, uh, like HVAC units. So that's, that's all the heat and all the cool. And it pushes from that unit, like right behind me. And there's a matching one upstairs, but you can see the problem is it's pushing into a room that is like 40 feet, from the other, like from the front of the apartment. So there's just a, like a linear temperature gradient as you like walk like back and forth through the apartment. Um, That's what it's like. So, our, our, our <clears throat> the, 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 um, the like master bed, you know, like the bedroom my wife and I are in is. I mean, that's where the heat is. It's almost as though, like, I know the heater is in a different part of the house, but it might as well be in our room because <laughs> as you heat the house to compensate for the heat dissipation uh you are just you are you are li- you are literally just turning the the our, our bedroom into a sauna um and it's just the weird i mean i've tried everything where like one of the tips was uh to close different like you know uh events in your house mm-hmm. because you can then like concentrate the heat going to the places where you want it did all that um 
I've done the things. I, I, yeah. I need a new house. Um, so is this the, is, is the result. Well, this, this. Is, this is the thing. It's like I'm, it's starting to become a minor obsession with me where like, <laughs> I mean, for instance, like the way the way it works is like literally you set foot outside our bedroom. The temperature just drops like 15 degrees. Mm-hmm. So it's cold. It's morning. You're getting up early. You need to shower. You walk it. You step out foot outside the bedroom. Oh, God, I want to die. <laughs> you step. You go around the corner into the bathroom, which is the cold is the coldest because it's not even on like the air passageway where there's a ceiling fan in the foyer. No, no, no. The bathroom is just a dead end, like off to the side with cold tile everywhere. Mm. So you just step in there and you're just like huddling and shivering uh, in the cold. And I cannot like I can't get out of my head this so a thing they do a lot on grand designs all the new builds do this mm-hmm. the new builds you put, in the, you put in that underfloor heating yeah 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 now oh, so so i had a i had a uh friend who there was a like a, a pipe burst in their wall and the spot in their house that was that had this issue it was just like cold no matter what they did they haven't even they, they have like a a really nice house. So it's like, damn, even these ones that aesthetically look like we're, we're doing well here. Those, those, two, those people too deal with cold feeties on, on occasion, <laughs> depending on the room. Anyway, so they have a pipe that bursts. Um, and uh, the insurance money payout was to do what they ex- already had. Well, they had. It was like, well, what if we could do a little more by putting in a little bit of our own money? And so that's what they did was they did the underfloor, Heating, wow. which is especially crucial if you're going to keep like wood or uh, laminate, like the fake wood sort of thing, because that stuff just like, unlike carpet, is just like the heat just bye bye, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, like bounces off and goes away. And that was when I went over there and experienced it. Uh, it was in- incredible. I know that well, it's not cheap, dude. but it is it is it is a remarkable thing to have. So I've seen arguments- a, fi- a fireplace for your feet. <laughs> It's I've seen arguments that it's actually pretty efficient because it's just circulating water from your heater back and forth through. So stuff you were already heating mm-hmm. anyway um, to like level out uh, like heating, like heating across your across your house. Um, and I think it would make a huge difference for me because the thing that really gets me is it is the fact that like not only are different rooms, different temperatures, but I swear to God, there's like thermal layers in my house <laughs> where it's like up here in like sweater town and like where my head lives. <laughs> it's comfortable down like by my ankles and calves. Yeah, it yeah. is just like the coldest. Like I like I feel like I have like my my legs are living the lives of like. A tired, cold babushka in like nineteen hundreds <laughs> Russia, where I'm just like, oh, the winter is long. It is hard, um, but unfortunately, I was running this up the flagpole the other day. I was like, hey, what if? Because we were thinking about like, <laughs> well, we were thinking about wow, our credit card situation kind of got out of hand in the last like couple of years with all those unforeseen expenses. Maybe we should consolidate that shit. And then I was like, why stop at consolidating? Why not take out a personal loan and do some remodeling? <laughs> well, that's part of why you buy a, buy a place. <laughs> so you can use your equity to get cheap cash to do things like make your feet warm. <laughs> now, now Kato, this might sound this might sound like a really bad idea, but there's a, mm. there's a key thing you both need to know about our place. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, in that in that in that in that foyer, um, 
there is like there's like a little loft library area uh, where we've got bookshelves, but it's just a tiny little like walkway that leads to leads to the upstairs fire escape. A lot of people have enclosed half of that and created a new room basically in their units. Huh. And like we've run the math on it. Like if that becomes like an actual room, the value of the place goes up and like suddenly the amount uh, we paid on it versus what it's worth starts to like look really good and mm-hmm. we will get out from under some certain things gives them more equity it's not a bad idea plus it would allow me and kind of this is relevant to you yeah oh god here we go i would leave i would no longer be using this room as like my oh. primary studio i would oh. be in a i would be in a windowless yeah i would be in a windowless yeah. artificially lit yeah. isolated <laughs> part of the house yeah <laughs> <laughs> now that's a studio baby <laughs> but uh so so we're thinking about doing this but as we're as we're doing that i was like yeah for you know if we're if we're setting the floor upstairs mm. what if we ran some <laughs> what if we did what if we what if we ran some underfloor heating just like across the house and then two and two underfloor heating not too much just a little just a little treat and then two what if we ran like um, some like Cat Five, and maybe even some <laughs> not, like, not Cat Six, cable. not Cat Six. Oh, Cat Six, the new, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is what, what Vinny did when he bought his house, and like, like right. a house they inherited from the family, yada yada. They had to gut it and basically start from from scratch on the interior, and he, that was one of the big things he did was to to run run cables everywhere. Yes, although. On the next lander pod, he also mentioned that he intended to do that, and then his contractors were like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> yeah, his contractors were like, "Yeah, uh, if you want this to cost four times as much as you you build out, sure, uh, but <laughs> you really oh, do no. you really want to do this?" And sounds like Vinny said no, but I was like, "R.I.P. to Vinny's house," but I'm different. Uh, but it turns out immediately, MK was like, "You're not different. This is the worst idea ever." Because the way the floor supports work here, to do any of what I'm describing, they would have to drill through. They have to cut little holes mm. for all those lines and all that underfloor heating through a series of beams that are bracing both the floors. So it's like instead of it, it, it's not running like parallel with the long side of the apartment. It's like crosswise all mm-hmm. the way through. Mm-hmm. So to do any of that, we'd have to pull everything up. And then cut little holes through every single beam holding up our floor. Yeah, this is, and so the dream is done. This, this is why people do it when they have a disaster like a flood and go, "Well, we're ripping it up anyway. Right? Let's put something nice else nice under there." Yeah, I mean, maybe I could fake a disaster. <laughs> wow. Okay, uh, kind of. We need to uh, cut that part. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to uh, mute, the, mute the, the mild we've fraud been in the podcast for like admitted. ten minutes. <laughs> Like, Rob, you got to understand, like, when I admitted to my Costco fraud, we're 15, 20 years out from those crimes being committed. Um, but I'm, I'm in the planning phase. <laughs> you can't say like, it was premeditated, damn it. I'm going to just uh, lightly da- damage yeah. this apartment for, yeah. for insurance I, money. I appear to have left the sink on. I'm, I'm going to lay down for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, gee, the floor got soaked. Good thing all my electronics were on the kitchen table uh, for reasons. 
Oh, you were installing a new hard drive into your PC, Rob. You needed to can't do that without everything. the Xbox and AV receiver. I'll hold it up. Oh. What's good, Internet? It's February 8th, uh, 2022. <laughs> You're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 459. I'm your host, Rob Zachney, and I'm planning no crimes. I have- I'm joined <laughs> by Patrick Klepek. Our neighbors uh, went through... Uh, Multiple incidents, like major incidents at their house. They've been in that house for, for decades. And they were explaining how on the the last one where s- somehow I think someone in their family was smoking and like, I don't know, but some, somehow somehow something got lit on fire mm. in a trash basket. <laughs> well, hold on. Exactly okay. Because tons it, of people used to just die from smoking in bed, right? Like that yeah, used no, to be like just a, yeah. Nobody, nobody dies in this situation, but they... Because they've been in the house for decades, they they've had at different points like major like weather or whatever incidents that uh you know you get you get homeowners insurance, but mm-hmm. you're really not supposed to pull that lever unless it's a major incident. Um, uh, you can you can pull it for minor <laughs> incidents, but it's really a like a big thing has happened like sort sort of situation. And they had mo- multiple ones happen to the point that. You can get you can get dropped by your homeowners insurance through in theory no fault of your own Ugh. just. Incidents occur over time, but then you become, you know, they do the math and it's like, well, the reason that we uh, sell you insurance is so that we don't have to do anything. We just we just want to collect the check. We're basically yeah, a landlord yes. for the for the theory that you might have something bad happen to you. And they they were at the point where they were being told, I don't even know if we're going to recognize this final inaction of the policy, but they managed to argue it getting where it was list the categorized, right? So like if it had fallen in a similar categorization to a previous incident, it's like it was not going to happen. Um, but they managed to get categorized under a different incident. And so they were able to get the, the money to renovate Ugh. like the room that had gotten like smoked out and a bunch of other issues as, as a result. But Sounded like a scam is what I was was was, was my was my takeaway. <laughs> like some some accident happens and you're supposed to be able to yeah. fix things. And uh, no, got to make sure that you go to the Supreme Court of Insurance. And, <laughs> and uh, well, this is like this is like one of those things where there are so many commercials. This this entire genre of like homeowners insurance, right? Commercials where they show people's houses just getting totally fucked up like this year geico keeps running one of the little lizards like oh man like look at this water leak huh that could happen in your place but we cover it with this and upstairs kids are like flooding the place out in a kiddie pool it's like insurance ain't covering that bro (laughs) like the minute the adjusters like so you just let your kids fuck up your house in a kiddie pool it's done so that's it like if the you know unless you can plausibly like stage the scene so it looks like a pipe burst like that's just not like insurance will find ways to not pay out like the really brutal awakening was like um when my parents flood insurance uh like tripped on when they had, when they had a major flood you know when that stuff activates it nullifies your other insurance policy like like federal flood insurance is like yep your community flooded in a natural disaster here's here's money to like rebuild the structure the but then you got to go through them as opposed to the home insurance that you 
Yeah, the, the home insurance paying for <laughs> right, for, and the for thing is, the flood insurance basically insures the structure. So, like home uh, insurance, like flood insurance, will be like, yeah, your foundation was like cracked and burst by the water pressure. Your house had to be like gutted up to almost the eaves of the roof because, like, um, you had you know sewage overflow filling it up. So, like that, you can't you can't just like paint over that. It's not toxic. Um, but in all of that, like the thing they're not going to pay for is like, well, what about the stuff that's in my home? Flood insurance doesn't care about that. But homeowners insurance is like, hey, it was a flood. We don't deal with that. And so like you're screwed no matter what. It was like it was like kind of a brutal thing to realize Ugh. like, oh, like so, you know, 30 years of paying like insurance on this place just sort of poof, up and up smoke. Um, so like that, that's kind of like, I, I, we're all sort of forced into getting insurance, but like, I just go into it with all the, the, the firm expectation that at the moment, like you actually need it, it will disappear like smoke on the water. <laughs> yeah, well, the, 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 it's why, uh, uh, like out here in the Midwest, when we get like these big thunderstorms and like out in the suburbs, people are like rooting for their houses to get fucked up <laughs> because it is. That is the sure like that's the way to like cash in and out of insurance. Like if a big storm comes through, that is like credible, undeniable. Like like you're you're gonna get that check if a tree like falls and fa- like there's this there's this tree in our backyard. It's not my tree. It's my neighbor's tree. They don't really maintain their stuff back there that well. And normally that'd be like ah that's worrisome, uh, annoying. There is this big ass tree that if it was just to fall, it. We like our big deck, but they're like, you know, in a different world, I'd structure it differently so we can enjoy different parts of the downstairs better. I'm never going to spend, I'm not going to rip up that deck to do it. But, you know, if a storm came along, a little big, a little big tree was just a fall over and just fuck up that deck just a tiny bit. Because then if you did it a tiny bit, well, you can't just tiny fix the deck. We're going to have to really fix that deck. And so, um, Realistically, though, actually, though, I need my I, I really need a storm to, to fuck up my roof um, in the next couple of years because I'm I'm coming up on 30 years uh, on that oh, roof, no. which means I need to. Oh, no. Yeah. 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 So you got to yeah, sell that place. It's like a 10 grand investment. My like the the uh, the, the 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 lake house that my parents own in, in Wisconsin, uh, she replaced that like, I don't know, five, six years ago. <laughs> like at oh, the so you're moving goes, to the lake house. Well, at the conclusion, she goes, uh. Well, the next one's not my problem. So good luck in 25 years uh, replacing the roof. I was like, wow, thanks, mom. <laughs> She's like, if I'm here, I won't really be here. So, you know, that's still going to be your issue. And I'm like, oh, wow. What a nice way to put it. Thanks for the gift, mom. Uh, so I guess we should talk about some video games. Uh, speaking <laughs> of things getting fucked up or gutted or whatever. Um, oh, hold on. The milk delivery is here. I was gonna say, it's like, is Kato was what he playing was Pokemon yeah, while we were uh, talking about insurance? No, apologies, that's just the milkman. Does um, the milkman have a specific you, ring, or is that that just- was my ask? That was my ask. Does he have a specific tone? Oh, you, you might have noticed that it's uh, satisfying musicality. Yeah, uh, the the charming little ditty that played. Of course, that's just one of the many features you get with the Pixel Pixel Six Pro. <laughs> um, 
They 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 get, rebound. Get, get, every single dollar unlocks a different ringtone. Nine hundred <laughs> ringtones in this Pixel Six. They they remastered a bunch of their old their like classic phone tones, mm. and so it's like wow, this is like an orchestral version of like some <laughs> of the old music. It's it's very much like the the phone itself now has gone in a like. Nintendo re- re-release uh like like collection <laughs> like the That's so anyway my milkman well I don't have a milkman but if I did <laughs> so theory. I uh, like we have a milkman which is fun um but a thing I sometimes really regret that we don't have cuz that they don't exist anymore really uh did you know there used to be seltzer guys what <laughs> No seltzer. Yeah. Guys? So apparently, and apparently, still exists in Brooklyn. Apparently, there's like a Brooklyn Yo. seltzer company. But like, Shit. so if you've ever seen like an old movie where people are like, "Haha, it's cocktail hour," and they pull out these really heavy glass uh, jars with like a little dispenser at the top, and that's like their soda dispenser. Um, apparently, those things are hella carbonated, like way more carbonated <laughs> than what you can do in like an aluminum can <laughs> for shipping, and so like, apparently. The seltzer legit used to be better back in the day. The and Brooklyn so, Seltzer Boys. Excuse? <laughs> Look at this video that's going on here. This Well, this photo that's on this website is like... <laughs> they're sitting around as these... As these these cans spray everywhere. Yeah. In the most casual way possible. No, Patrick, that... so. That isn't just meant to like suggest a certain uh, like sexual virality uh, that that comes <laughs> oh, with these cans of seltzer. Uh, yeah, I feel like also, that could be in a pill commercial. Uh. It's true, but what they're actually trying to demonstrate is like, look at the pressure. I guess it is still uh-huh. a little bit, yeah, but the point is, <laughs> yeah. But I really wish I could have the service because like. The thing is, there's only so much a little like soda stream thing can do. It can only pressurize so much. And like the minute you open that, it all starts coming out of solution real fast. Like it, that that pressure doesn't last long. Uh, but apparently this this approach to doing seltzer was like pretty good because they had those like heavy those heavy glass jars. So they could really take a lot of pressure. Um and that's what I wish I could have delivered. I'm gonna how get this is, shit how delivered. Much is, <laughs> how much does this service cost? I'm trying to figure online store. Ugh. There's an egg. Cre- there's an egg cream kit. What? I love egg. There's no nobody should be paying for an egg cream kit. <laughs> oh wait, though that's actually not a bad idea. Mm. Maybe. Mm? <laughs> <laughs> so wait, comes, with the, comes with a shirt, Rob. You could have a Brooklyn Seltzer Boys T-shirt that people oh would ask. Oh my god. <laughs> Is this ironic? Hey, are you are you a Brooklyn Seltzer boy? <laughs> You'll be like, you bet, Mister. I don't know, Rob. I feel you like the Brooklyn betcha. Seltzer, the Brooklyn Seltzer boys sound like they might be uh, like some sort of like spinoff of the Proud Boys. Like I feel like people oh, are gonna no. make some. They're gonna make some, have some. I feel like someone. T- if someone told me like, oh, I'm a Brooklyn Seltzer boy, I'm I'm making some assumptions about their politics pretty quickly, even if that's inappropriate. Hold on, you didn't say how much this egg cream kit costs a hundred dollars. Yeah, you're paying paying for quality and one nostalgia. t-shirt, one syrup, one spoon. Okay, you get a spoon, one egg cream glass, and one seltzer bottle. Yes, yeah, I guess I see how that adds up to a hundred. Maybe a working seltzer bottle. Yeah, working. 
<laughs> so, but the thing is, I think they only do like the. I think they only do like the deliveries and shit like in Brooklyn, unfortunately. Yeah, so, yeah. like that's the probably like so forty five dollars per case a month. Maybe the future of Waypoint. I just need to be coming down for reasons like uh, every uh-huh. like month or so. Uh, yeah, for Waypoint just in time stuff. for a delivery pickup. Just a little pickup. <laughs> just like, hey, it's How been many? great. Uh, we're gonna do a lot. Li- we're gonna do a live stream with the new equipment, you know, at some point in the next couple of months, and just all of a sudden, Rob's phone, that same tone is going to go off. A slightly Rob, different one, but the seltzer tone goes off and Rob has to go accept a seltzer delivery <laughs> in front of mice. Rob misses his save point segment uh, because, like, uh, sorry, I got held up with the seltzer boys. <laughs> Turns out, I went out with them. You know, they just seem like <laughs> such cool guys. Oh, oh, this is why. This is why they have working seltzer bottle because they also sell a clear seltzer bottle, parentheses, display only. <laughs> I love the idea that you just have that on a shelf. How many, how many, I can't, I'm trying to find how many uh, bottles are in a crate. Because you, you can get one crate for $45. Well, I'm judging by this picture. I'm judging by a picture where a man's holding a crate. Yeah. Wait. And it where? looks like uh, our history. Click on the our history tab. Okay. It looks like 10. That looks like a crate of 10. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Yeah. 10, what is that, like a liter? I don't know, because remember, the glass is really thick. Uh, so I don't know what the, I don't know what, what it is. What is bite? Bite is the effect of those bubbles in the back of your throat that usually hurts when you swallow it. Good seltzer should hurt. <laughs> what? In this house, we believe. <laughs> your throat should be in pain, and you'll like it. I love seltzer. I'm just, can I just get to, oh, here I got I got an answer for you. Yeah. Um, what is the cost? Cost ranges from to, from forty to a hundred dollars per case. So it seems like you can negotiate how much based on the, but at the, at the minimum you're looking at forty bucks. Uh, how often can I get seltzer delivered? We'll deliver seltzer to you as often as you need it. That's the Rob Zachney way. Frankly, <laughs> we we prefer you use a case of ten bottles within two to three weeks at most. Our minimum order is one case per month. So you're looking at at least. Mm-hmm. $40. And then you're really uh, committing to just seltering the shit out of your life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah, you are, yes. you are looking, you are inventing reasons to seltzer. And it getting stressed out. Oh, hey, baby. Reasons. Wouldn't you love that ju- juice to be sparkling? <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, Rob, realizing the case is coming in four days, just like trying to seltzer every drink <laughs> that goes into his body. Hey, why have a glass of milk and cookies when you can have an egg cream? <laughs> oh my god. This seltzer technology. This bottle can hold its pressure for months, if not a year. But then why do I gotta use it up so fast? <laughs> why don't you know you can hold its pressure for up to a year and then be like, but you better use it within a month. We gotta we want those bottles back. Hey, everybody everybody's got margins, Rob. That's true. They just they, they need that churn. Um, oh, so it's 110 so pe- for just one oh, time. one time delivery. Yeah. 110 per case, $100 deposit, monthly service, $40 per case, plus $90 activation fee, plus $5 fee for dif- difficult deliveries, parking, stairs, etc. Minimum order, one case per month. Each case holds 10 bottles, 26 uh, ounces per bottle. Uh, unfortunately, 
we do not allow our customers to keep seltzer bottles. They must be returned as they are no longer manufactured. For bottles not returned, there will be a $50 charge. Ooh. Rob, Rob telling the, per- telling the delivery person, I'm, I'm <clears throat> going to keep one of these. Here's the 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah. No, but th- so this is the thing, right? Is like they don't manufacture these anymore. These mm-hmm. are really common. These guys bought out inventory, I think, like across the area. And so, Amazing. like, as seltzer companies were going under, they just started, like, stockpiling this stuff uh, because the bottles are not replaceable. Um, now, they should be. This is, the, this is the weird thing, right? Think how huge seltzer is right now. Like, are you seriously right. telling me that if, like, local seltzer, like, companies existed again, people would not be like, fuck yeah. Like, give me that. I mean, I'm strongly considering this. I have to do some math. Yeah. I, don't know if it, I don't know if I buy $45 per month. Of seltzer, well, you're, you're, you're buying the bite, Kyle. But you're right. buying the bite. Sure, sure. I'm just saying. I wonder well, how much of an uptick this is going to be in my monthly uh, seltzer. No, but you could do the one. Usage. You could do the one-time delivery, and then just see how long it lasts. Right. Right. I feel like that's, that's probably too. the way to do it is to just you kind of got to eat it on the first delivery that you're paying. Well, I'm just trying to find a like comparison for my current consumption, whether mm-hmm. or not I'm spending mm-hmm. that much already. Because I might be. I get. Like a case of LaCroix right. but, a week. But this time, you'd be living you'd be living large. You know, <laughs> what you're spending on LaCroix. For me, it's Wegmans. Like, I, I like have, like, cases of, like, Wegmans, uh, like, flavored seltzer. Mm. But, like, I would trade it all for, <laughs> for a bite. beautiful antique glass jar full yeah. of bitey, yeah. bitey seltzer. Um, so I think it's gonna hurt you <laughs> again. This is this is what they took from you. Uh, wow, Rob, Rob out here standing for the old old ways. Uh, culture used to be so much better. <laughs> we cocktail used to be hours with seltzer bottles. People could people could drink cocktails at eleven a.m. like human beings, not like these animals. Uh. I guess speaking of going back to the old ways, Patrick, should we talk a little bit about this uh, Bloodborne uh, demake? Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I yeah, right before we started this uh, this podcast recording, I, I downloaded. I've been meaning to get around to this Bloodborne demake um, that started as a Twitter goof, uh, uh, someone just kind of experimenting around with uh, demaking Bloodborne into a PS One game. Uh, and then it was such a hit online and I think also fueled by just the existential crisis that is from soft and Sony refusing to port Bloodborne to the PC. Um, uh, that sort of meme uh, at this point, kind of a meme like fueling uh, the, the the folks uh, working on this demake to actually build it out. And so uh, last week uh, it actually dropped. It's a, a slice of. Bloodborne, I don't know how far it goes in. I think it's like mostly Yarnum, like the opening mm. uh, area of, of Bloodborne. But it, uh, I wanted to bring it up specifically because it ties in to a game that Kato and I have been, well, I've been playing. He's been watching yeah. me play. I don't know if you've, if you've started it on your own yet. I uh, loaded Kings, it up once. <laughs> yeah, King, Kings, uh, oh, you, oh, you bought a PS2. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, you have a PS2. You have I a have, PS2. I have, have, a, have a PS2. I just needed that uh, disc. I found that disc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll find it. It's in the couch somewhere. Um, <laughs> Kingsfield 4, The Ancient City, uh, a, a an older From Software game. Um, and, and what's there's a lot of things unique about Kingsfield. Um, but what is probably the most striking when you play it is the way it controls. Um, it, is, <laughs> it is a game in which uh, 
you are meant to be a tank. It's, it's a first person adventure uh, game, uh, very much in the vein of like dungeon crawlers uh, from like the early like PC days. But this one with a kind of a console band, Kingsfield started on the PS1. Um, and I think the Ancient City, the PS2 game is the last last Kingsfield game that FromSoft made. Um, they should bring it back. But um, <laughs> the way like the way you control the game. OK, I'm trying to remember how it controls before you. I mean, before you open up a PS2, PS2 controller, with the yeah, wires yeah, just like and start we, like doing your own modding, yeah. you know, like, you know, you're getting really advanced. <laughs> um, but you're like, so uh, the PS2 has dual analog sticks, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it doesn't have move and look on the analog sticks. I believe at default, um, you can look left and right with the right analog stick but you use R2 and L2 to look up and down. Um, And then you use L1 and R1 to strafe. uh, And I forget. And then you're using the left analog stick to go forward and back. So like, in a sense, the game is saying like, look, we are giving you a full (laughs) movement. Um, You can look up and down and then left and right. But it, 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 uh, what's, what's hard to convey uh, without actually either watching it, but really experience it yourself is the best way to understand that. Like it's the way we think of like move and look on analog sticks or mm. on a keyboard and mouse these days is it's seamless, right? Like it's all a continuous motion that you're manipulating. In King's Field, it is a discrete action. It is like no, there is up and then there is down and then there is left and there is right, and you're doing one of those, but not both of those. Um, <laughs> and yes, they can sort of combine with one another to invoke the notion of moving around naturalistically in a space, but ah, that's really not, not really what we're going. It's like drawing a in a line and an etch-a-sketch where well, it's yeah, like, you gotta it, use it, the, I mean, cause it is trying to evoke that, uh, like what a dungeon crawler was. It was like, you were, you were going through squares yeah. on a grid. You were going forward, back, left, right. And it is trying to, uh, evoke that purposely evoke that atmosphere, um, in a 3d space. And I think, I think it is very effective at that. I think if you get out, you know, your 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 modding tools for <laughs> uh-huh. your PS2 controller and you're and you're able to give yourself pseudo look and uh movement, I don't think you were gonna ultimately sacrifice too much in experiencing the quirkiness of that game. But I bring all that up to what I was shocked the most at in the Bloodborne demake is when I boot it up. It's got the beautiful PlayStation One uh boot sound. They they keep oh, that, it's awesome. Nice. Uh and then I jump into the game. <laughs> I'm like, well, these analog sticks aren't doing anything. Well, I must not have contr- like, maybe I didn't like connect my. I got this new PC, so maybe something happened with uh-huh. my Xbox controller. And so, looking at it, like, messing with it, and I was like, no, that's connected. It's like, oh, uh, the they're only gonna let me con- move on the D pad, um, ah. and and you control the character. We're like, up for up on the D pad as they run forward, back on the D pad as they uh, run backwards. Uh, left on the D-pad is they run to the left. So you, it's not as though like you're like manipulating the direction of the character by like using the camera. Um, and uh, L2 and R2 are how you rotate the camera. They just will not let you. Yeah. It's, it's a commitment to how yeah. these, this game <laughs> would have been controlled. I don't know if there's an option to change that in the options menu. I didn't look because I feel like you should. I feel like you should live with it because I think their their commitment to the D-make is such that they didn't just aesthetic frequently, you know, we just associate with like the visuals, what we see with our eyes, but the aesthetic of a game of that era would be that 
yes, the PlayStation 1 had the first DualShock, right. like the first analog sticks, but games could not be designed assuming you had it there. So they had to have control schemes that uh, worked with the buttons that you had, the non-analog sticks. And so this one very much presumes you have that original PlayStation 1 D-pad Amazing. only controller and uh it's 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 a real joy it's it's a it's a really well-made one of these it's both extremely loving uh to the original work um while also like again pointing out how the control stuff uh, operates it, it is it even goes a step further than i think a lot of these little uh would really start as goofs uh uh stop at which is that they then considered the hardware that it would be on um and it's commitment to like the flickery polygons mm. like you know if you've you never gone back and played like an early ps1 or sega saturn game like those those early polygonal games where it just barely feels like the polygons <laughs> are able to stay on the screen they're just like all vibrating with <laughs> intensity and there's there's that's all here and you know they've got they've got all the mechanics you know you you know you uh because you don't have the analog stick you can't you can't swap which character like you've locked on to. So like, you lock onto one, you got to lock off, like try and lock on the next one. It's, <laughs> it's a goofy little thing. I think we're, I think we're going to boot it up uh, alongside uh, uh, a coffee yeah. uh, appears on, on Wednesday. Cause it'd be, I want I, I, I know there's at least a boss. I think, or I think they've done the first two bosses. I think mm. you might get as far as um, both the cleric beast and uh, what uh, father Gaskion, uh, nice. uh, which I think is the second boss in in Bloodborne. So I think they've modeled at least at least that far, um, and it stayed up for the, a week. So I think if Sony was going to take it down, I mean maybe you know Sony was like, look, yeah, we aren't making that PC version that everybody really really wants. It would make everybody extremely happy, but we'll just let this. We'll get it with the Bloodborne. Uh, uh, like 4K HDR version that that they make, right? Like, uh huh. That man. Mm-hmm. I wish. I wish. I'm out, uh, I'm out here just want desperately wanting to replay that game again, but instead I'm doing a, a demake to scratch my itch. <laughs> so, do you know if, in theory, it could they they've they've made it so that it could have run like on a PSX as far as like graphics and stuff goes, or is it like? using i don't that's yeah there are like different like uh uh i, I think that would require more compromises sure. but it was my guess but i um i guess i i'm sure if i googled this uh bloodborne demake run on ps1 run on ps1 uh, no it was made in it was made in ue4 <laughs> <laughs> oh that's very funny i've seen like videos of it though and like it looks like spot on uh the text is maybe too clean. I feel like it needs to be have more pixels mm, visible. Mm, yeah, I can see that. I can, I can. But apart from that, uh, yeah, it looks really, it looks really neat. Um, we have to, I have to, you have to find a uh, PS1 controller and mod it so you can plug it into your PC. This is, this is my take. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well, sure I think I, uh, did, that, did, uh, did one of those come with that PlayStation 1? Uh, classic, classic. Were those I have US- one in my garage? Were those USBs? Oh, you should you should be playing Kingsfield with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Can I do that? If it's USB, you might be able to. Let me see. Does that PS- have analog? Does the PS- does it have analog sticks classic. on there? We're some uh, P- controller. It does not have analog sticks ah, on that it. Is an analog sticks. Yeah, I don't, I, but this know. is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because, like, the, the fact that we in Kingsfield uh, modified 
the controls to make the like just like the the base level of movement a little more uh, approachable. Um, it does in in doing so. What's been fascinating um, playing it with Kato has been like, oh well, we've if you want an easy mode, it turns out the easy mode is to just allow yourself to f- feel be able to properly control the game because right. it's just. The, like the enemy rotation is just not meant for you to be that fast. Right. It's like you are not supposed to be able to go and do a backstab. Oh, is this, is this like the thing with like on Resident Evil? People are like tank controls is how the game is made. Like it's meant to be cumbersome in exactly these ways. Right. Right. Which which in makes theory. it feel. Yeah. Like it, it was clearly designed around that. Like so like yeah. everything like the the enemy movement is built in response to the player movement. And so a lot of Kingsfield 4 is. Uh, you know, you're uh, trying to circle around an enemy. And like one of the big things is that you can never tell what like the depth of your attack is. Like it's just impossible to know, <laughs> is my attack going to connect? It's and always it because like two feet closer than you think. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It is every time it is like it is. I should have been closer. It really wants you to be right up on mm-hmm. the enemy in order to, to to do anything. And there's no shield. I mean, you have a shield you can equip, but all it does is, is impact your stats. You can't... I am not as powerful as a skeleton, um, which is... All, <laughs> the skeletons are allowed to raise their shields, but I, a, a meager adventurer, am not. Um, and... But it makes it, it it makes it interesting to explore the game in the way that we're doing it because I mean it's ensuring that we keep like moving forward and like we're progressing and like we still experience enough of the quirks of the game that I don't think we're again this this change was Dia approved and so I I feel as though I am not betraying uh, the spirit of Kingsfield uh, if if Dia has said that it was okay to, to remap, remap the analog the, sticks yeah. to, 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 to to make them feel uh, I think acceptable. in theory those buttons like you've remapped them to make them a little easier for the way that things are designed now but I think in theory you yeah. could still do the circle strafe it would be a lot more difficult probably just you like you get yeah, you move. could do you can claw your fingers yeah. the claw like, you gotta put it, the like claw out yeah, it's not a mod. So it's like we're not like we haven't applied a patch that gives free look to which is basically what's limited like is is not here. There is no free look. Yeah. It is it is it is it is restricted to up down left right and all we've really done is made it so that it's smoother. But it always you know, like Kato is constantly asking me questions about like why are you the way you are when I'm trying to do these controls yeah. like it's like it's. Imp- I was like, Kato, it will make sense when you finally play the game. Like then you will, you will, you will be able to grok yeah. the limitations that I'm de- like. Why is it that Patrick uses strafing to like go around things so frequently? Because <laughs> it's just easier it's than doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. That's the that's the real limit. I feel like is the turn the turn speed is like real. It's so much slower than like all the other directions. Like you're, you walk faster than you can turn in, in place. <laughs> oh, but it's great because yeah. you know, you have those sequences. Like when we were exploring, you know, underneath in the, the, the poisonous cavern and <laughs> it's like, all right, well I'm going to run forward and try and grab this thing. And then now I need to turn around and the turning around is just, <laughs> so it truly is like I'm turning a tank around. It is the slowest thing oh. in the world. I'm getting poisoned. I'm losing health. I don't know if enemies are attacking me. Uh, Kingsfield 4 is a, you have to kind of know what you're going in for. I, I don't think it's the most, I would say it's simultaneously uh, more approachable than I thought. Um, and yet I would still 
Like I would probably recommend a let's play before I would tell people sure. they need to like experience Kingsfield themselves. Right. But it, I am, I am really glad that we've been playing it specifically because I like the Miyazaki didn't work on this right. uh, game. And uh, I, I was advocating on a previous podcast, Rob, where someone asked a question of like, what if people could package together some old games, re-release them? Are there any ones that you would like? And my, my thought, my answer to that was I, I wish from software who has existed long before the souls game uh, made them a household name. Uh, a lot of their older stuff is just completely unknown to, to, to the majority of the gaming audience and playing Kingsfield is fascinating because uh, like this, I've, I've called them the sad sack of shit uh, NPCs, which is just basically yeah. like, the bu- the bummed out soldier type who is just hanging in the corner with his head in his hands. You think that is a aesthetic specific to oh that's just Miyazaki and his 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 sense of humor and what he what he brought to um, Demon Souls, which was a game that was a half in development before he kind of became the creative lead. He's like no, like From Software has been establishing oh, yeah. this aesthetic, this approach. This like deliberate slow pace, um, all sorts for a of long things. time. Like NPCs that you talk to leave the room, come back, and then they're like turned. It feels like such mm-hmm. a like thing that I've seen in multiple Souls games. That I was like, oh shit! The first time it happened in Kingsfield, like wow, this predates. Yeah, this predates Miyazaki even. Just like the idea of, uh, really, really like trying to emotionally like flip that switch of like shit i was just talking to this person and now i have to kill them um well, or, the, or the the um the, you know like the skeleton popping out of a uh, a chest it's like uh, oh yeah. okay like yeah. that i mean obviously like the the twist that the souls games takes with you know the 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 chest is 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 a little more monstrous but <laughs> like it's still playing with the same ideas um in a way that again i i wish they could i wish more people could experience like there's not an easy way to experience kingsfield yeah. for like you can't just download it on um you know, one of these services. And even if they're not going to port stuff like this, I, I wish th- I wish things like cloud streaming would at least allow people to somehow play a spun up version of that. And it's just, it's just too bad. But um, yeah, people should come check out our streams. We'll be, we'll do another one uh, later this week. I'm, uh, as is like gone with all of these streams where we start them going like, mm-hmm. oh, what if I just played a chunk of this? Yeah. It's like now, no, like Kato and I will see the end. <laughs> I don't, we will probably record a podcast finishing like, like a pre Elden Ring, like let's talk about yeah. uh, uh, Kingsfield, and I'm, I'm working on roping in some some folks to chat with us about it. Uh, we'll we'll still do that, but I I think I may actively commit to, to finishing. <laughs> Once I took down that spider, kind of like how much worse could it yeah. get? Yeah, uh, you've, you've defeated you know your specific demon here. I defeated my <laughs> yeah. greatest fear in that game, yes. and so it is it is only uh, fitting that I, I I continue to move forward and and defeat the rest of it in in response to that blatant Just, that blatant yeah. uh, attack of me by me being it's being called being out so vul- by old from yeah, vulnerable and honest to to the my audience and being like you know I'm not really arachnophobic but spiders specifically like the hairy big ones tarantulas they really <laughs> they get me really close to feeling arachnophobic oh. and then I open a door and there's yep. a giant tarantula <laughs> on the ceiling that sprays me with a cobweb, spider God, web. I mean, I just room sized asshole. <laughs> like, what the uh, fuck? Was, Rob, I'm like, I'm, and, uh, thanks to my accelerated uh, control scheme, I was able to just like navigate around this circle. And I'm like closing my eyes for the majority of it. Like, I would open just it to hit the fire sound. spell yeah. and then just close my eyes again as just I was rotating streaming. around. 
And the whole time, Kyle's like, uh, as you're inflicting damage, it's getting faster. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Mm. No, 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 no. Don't need to know about that. <laughs> no, thanks for the heads up, Kato, but I just just tell me if I'm going to die and I need to use a health potion. Oh. Well, I am I am thrilled to hear that the Waypoint Quick Look Let's Play uh, Pipeline <laughs> to Complete Playthrough continues yep. to be yep. like 100% of what we're... Yeah, we'll just take a little look. We'll just take a little look. Like three months after it came out, we're like, all right, here we are. The end of Back for Blood. Here we go, gang. The thing you've been waiting for since Halloween. Like 50 people still watching. God, what were the numbers like on that final stream? Good. It was normal. Very good. A little our lower than our But good. Yeah, yeah our floor isn't that, that we, low. We, <laughs> no, it's, it's, but yeah, it is not as high as the Kingsfield or inscription like right. they yeah look we did that for us and i'm glad that yeah. people came along for look, the ride waypoint that's, that's is part of completionists Except, well <laughs> and waypoint plus was unlocked to help us you know do the things that we wanted to do and, and you know sometimes it's the audience pointing us in a direction and sometimes us telling the audience could you, you just need to be a little patient we need to finish back for <laughs> Put it to bed. We're good. And on that notion, on that note, I need to put my dairy order to bed real quick. Uh, so we're going to okay. take a quick break. And then we'll be back to discuss more games and some other stuff. Uh, so back in a second. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back. Um, so I guess we finished Back for Blood. Hey, we did. Final thoughts on Back for Blood? It's, it's, I kind of wish the last <laughs> last thirty minutes was more like the rest of the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I guess teasing that out is I that game was frequently at its best when it was more of a uh, four player cinematic spectacle game like I, I think specifically of uh the prison sequence towards the end there was one of the coolest bits like i've seen in a zombie like, like it was just so like to set it up for people it, you know back for blood four player co-op left for dead you know shooter we've been playing over uh on twitch for a, a couple of months now we finally finished the the campaign um there's a sequence where we're going through kind of like a, a prison it's like an outdoor prison that's been obviously overrun by the zombie threat and what you it starts um, they start filtering in over the fences and at a pace and with a quantity that is very much if you've seen like the clips of uh, the the World War Z adaptation where you see like thousands of zombies climbing on one another in order to like scale themselves to climb <laughs> over the, like the encased human cities yeah. um, and just like th- like where the, 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 the zombies essentially weaponize and use their bodies as building blocks. And, and it, it was very evocative of that sequence as we had. What felt, at least in my 
eyes felt like thousands of zombies. I'm sure it was just like a couple of dozen, but it was like it had filled the 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 everything in my eye line to such a degree that it was overwhelming. And what we quickly realized, well, not quickly enough, was uh <laughs> usually it's like, oh, if you kill enough of the enemies, you can take a breather and then regroup and then move forward. And it was very clear in this section. It was that, no, you just need to get to the end. They are just going to keep throwing these enemies at you. And we're just, there was no helping each other. There was, there was, it was just, (laughs) just go. And it was like, well, I guess that person's going to be left behind. I will figure it out at the safe house. Uh, And uh, just like screaming and like running and just like complete chaos in a way that, uh, I thought the game like very rarely achieved those yeah. sort of heights. And then combined with that was the final boss that had a very raid like um, <laughs> feel to it and was one of the only moments in the game where I felt like we had assigned roles that were very satisfying for both like Kato as the person kind of overseeing that for like for, you know, like me and uh, uh, Natalie, who were assigned to like taking out like the ads, like the regular zombie types or like Rob and Kato were handling these big like mini boss tentacles. It was just really satisfying. And I don't know that that's always how I felt in a game that I look back at as having had a good time with. But if I'm like trying to pull out the moments where like, oh, that was really well designed and interesting and separate from it's just fun to shoot things with four people. It was kind of that last stream where I, yeah. I really plucked out a, a couple of those that that really elevated uh, itself. Yeah, I think there were like I, I think there's a lot of places where the game is is very flat, and I mean like also just in terms of like what is the intensity level or the excitement that you're you're facing. Like um, the first time you go through the town outside the survivors camp and like you're doing a bit of scavenging, it's like wow, cool, there's, like, a whole town out here, and we're sort of, like, wandering around it and figuring out what we need. Like, the third time they have you do it, you're like, yep, okay, so this is just another sort of undirected, like, Mm -hmm. roam and forage uh, phase, and then we're going to get to whatever it is we're actually going to be doing in this campaign. There's a lot of that. They rely way too much on, um, oh, no, it's the big bag of hit points monster. (laughs) And, like, they're... They're intimidating because they're hard to bring down, but yeah, they aren't like terribly interesting until, um, in addition to the thing that Patrick was just talking about, which is sort of the two-part last encounter, right before that, there was a challenge that was entirely about crowd control and like movement, um, which was really cool, where you had to take out like these four nodes, but each node had like two smaller things that were sort of hidden nearby that you had to deal with, but like you are constantly being besieged by like powerful enemies and then waves of like low level zombies. And suddenly those, those, those big bag of hit point bag of hit points monsters became interesting because they became part of a really thorny crowd control dilemma. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you can outrun the big guys, but also you do need to thin out the herd of little guys in order just to maintain the ability to move and coordinate with your team. All that stuff was, yeah, I, I would say like, the stuff we were seeing in that last stream was really, really cool. It also makes me think back to like those opening levels and what a terrible foot the game gets itself off on, which yeah. is like really boring, like point A to point B across really nondescript locations without any like real memorable, uh, like without any sort of memorable encounter or friction uh, that you have to deal with. Now, you know, it, it sort of seems like they've all stayed a very coarse grained approach to if you want to have a more intense experience or one that requires a bit more coordination, you can turn on friendly fire. 
Um, which I'd be curious to see how that changes the game, but I sure do wish there was sort of an intermediate step where it's like, instead of like, don't take these really boring faces and try to make them interesting just by like the fact that we can completely fuck each other up, like just at random, (laughs) like instead I would prefer maybe just slightly more interesting pacing and encounter design than we get before. Like you kind of have to earn the like, yeah, fuck me up. I want maximum punishment in this setting. Yeah. Kind of have to get the buy-in from the player to be like, I've had so much fun playing on these lower tiers that now like, it would be a ton of fun for me and my crew to step it up to that level. But like the opening, you know, several levels of back for blood are, are really weak. And it seems like the, their, their best ideas kind of uh, their their best encounter design comes last. I don't know if it's their best levels, but like their, their most varied way of like forcing the team to function uh, doesn't hit until pretty late in the day. Yeah. The, they're like, aren't that many, kind of i mean you know they they have all they all have these finales which are kind of the the places where they put their like bigger set pieces but like if i'm remembering correctly like three of them are essentially the same thing right three of them are just like you're holed up in the specific spot there was the what the church there was that boat uh bridge uh and the boat one is maybe the most different of those early ones uh, because you have to kind of like split the party a bit. But apart from that, the other one, the the church one, and then what was the other? There was a, oh, the, the, the cannon one. You basically have like a central defensible position that you're trying to like also do some side objective with, but you're kind of mostly defending from one point and like dealing with hordes, right? And then doing a quick thing in between the hordes. Um, and then those, those last ones kind of break that in a very in a very like uh fun way like we were like we were saying but then there's also like the secondary thing of the card system <laughs> and feeling like at a certain point we would fail leave remake a deck really quick cuz we got some new unlocks and then we'd be able to move forward again where I, th- I think the game would have been better with a skill tree right. i i 100% i think it would have far preferred to have or a even even just the ability to change cards in between, like in between, like um, once you hit a safe room, you can change cards in the safe room or whatever, right? The thing right. is, like it, it almost it like it was like make this deck, and then you get as far as that deck will take you, and then you have to up you have to upgrade it. You have to get better cards in there, otherwise you're not going to make any forward progress. Um, when all and all the card variation happens in a in a negative connotation, right? It's always like as you progress right. through the game, you're getting. Uh, these corruption cards that like uh all oh, these like these special enemies are now armored or they like you can't free your you know like or there's fog right, right? and so and I understand that like it's adding variance and a variety to the the levels that maybe you've played before because it's supposed to be a game that you're not gonna play once you're gonna play you know a bunch of times um but I, I'm with you I wish there had been more instances other other than once every couple of hours. Someone goes, I found a free card where like you find a file folder yeah. and you get like a, some bonus vitality. Which I feel or like something stopped like that. halfway like, through the game. I feel like we stopped seeing those. Yeah, almost. I stopped finding those. <laughs> yeah. And and I just I just wish uh, I wish there were more instances where you would organically discover yeah. reasons to modify your deck or would change how the dynamic of the, 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 the like the four players were because like, you know, like I, towards the end, we had that really cool uh 
card bonus where when someone went down, everyone else would get healed. Yeah. And I think everyone at a different point went, what's that weird <laughs> charm yeah. sound my, that I, I'm hearing? Those are my, um, my cards as Doc that I put in there. Um, and it, uh, and that was cool. And I, I wish there were more moments like that. What if we were picking up stuff like that, that we're doing different trade-offs, right? Like, it, Hey, some of it feels like that. What, what you were saying just now about it be not feeling organic. It felt like there was a stop there. And it's like, well, I guess since we lost the run, might as well fuck around with the cards again. Not. Yeah. Oh, I, I have, because you don't do any of the like picking up of cards of new cards and unlocking of new cards during runs at all. There's no, there's not this sense of like, Oh, I got this thing. I want to put it in. For example, Mm -hmm. that could have been like a more um, like engaging way to be like, Oh, this thing just dropped. I just unlocked this new card that I think would fix X, Y, Z situation that we ran into. Let me go. Like, let's now that we've ended. I'm like, what what if like Like, you had the opportunity to uh, like, Hey, uh, do you want to add a card to your deck? Right. Well, you're going to have to like take three off, right? Like, like somehow some sort of like cost reward right. system yeah. that like allowed you to like be modifying. Cause these, a- these like cha- yeah. uh, chapters or acts, they're long, yeah. right? Like, so you're, if you're not dying, you know, the way the game works for people who haven't played it is, uh, you know, you've got, you know, like acts one, two, three, and four. And then there are like chapters in, in between. And uh, it, you have continues layered on top of that, where if your whole team wipes, uh, you can wipe twice, I think, before the game is going to kick you out and you have to like start from the chapter you were most recently at. And that gives you an opportunity to go back and mess with your cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's sort of like a perverse incentive. And like the game is, I think, assuming, well, you're going to go on really long runs and then come back, play the game again and have all sorts of new cards to play with. Yeah. Whereas for us, I mean, the game's not short, right? Like we probably played this game 10 to 15 hours all told. Yeah. And what we wanted was like, I think I feel like this is where the long-term design of the game really undercuts the short-term playability of the game in which uh, the game is assuming you're going to, you're going to be investing 40, 50, 60 hours. And we said, what about 10 to 15? Seems like this would have been satisfying all on its own. And thus it doesn't have those sort of like built in card variations because it's expecting you're going to experience similar versions of that over the the long term. Yeah, I also, Patrick made the point that like, it should have been a skill tree. And I do kind of like something that, it feels like, like, <laughs> I was saying, this is Rich coming on a Waypoint podcast, but it's not that cards are inherently fun, right? It's it's not like, ah, because this is arriving on a card, this is more fun game now. Yeah, Me no. like. Uh, the only one of us is like, that is Kato. Um, Shut the fuck up. No, I said but, that this is barely even and fucking most of cards the, And the most beginning. of the Waypoint audience. God damn it. But, but the thing is, like, so... Some of what's cool about deck builder is this notion of like creating both the possibility and probability of like what you'll have access to uh, at any given moment. But spread across like a run in Back for Blood, the feedback loop is too spread out for you to have a strong sense of like because I built this deck this way, my character now feels like this. Like, yeah. I think I'm the only one that resulted in like a very unique build right like where i i had a melee attack i was the only one that ever had a melee weapon yeah. everyone else ignored that as like a as a as a secondary in which everyone was always cackling because i would be covered in blood <laughs> because i started investing in cards that gave me stamina uh and health bonuses for attacking in melee so like when we would have instances where like we'd all be running into a room and then we're just like mowing down the zombies coming in the door 
I would be like, I've got this. Like, I'll just stand in front of the door and I'm just whipping this axe over and over again, refilling my health bar um, all the way. And it's like, I sort of stumbled into like a pretty unique mm. approach and build. And even though we all had sort of like class, like, right, like Kato preferred the sniper, Rob preferred whatever shiny gun came his way and they got frustrated <laughs> when it wasn't as good as the last one. Um, Natalie was the minigun girl. Um, we like sort of found some of that stuff, but I actually... I, I feel like the game really limited your ability to like f- uh, f- uh, kind of flesh out a build that felt specific to what you were enjoying doing. Well, um, so even late in the game, like I could sort of feel like, yeah, I had I had made this character work this way where it was like I had um, there's a lot of cards that decrease your stamina or decrease your stamina recharge or both, but like increase your ability to carry ammo, maybe increase your ability to damage with like certain weapon classes. So I had invested hard in like um, creating a version of my character that was more like it's a slow moving turret. Mm. And once he gets set up, he can like really put in work. But the thing is like in the context of each time you are about to do new, new do a new level and those cards pop up I didn't have a really strong sense of like, yep, here's how I'm spec'd out right now. Here's what my bonuses are. Here are the behaviors I, I really want to be leaning into. Here's what I want to be staying away from. It's the, the cards actually sort of made this stuff fall out of context in some ways rather than placing it in a context. Like, I think it, I didn't help that like Patrick, your build was a really specific, like I'm going to play differently than a lot of the other characters because you like leaned all in on melee. But the minute you're like, I want to like play with the guns differently. Eh, you're still going to be doing a lot of the basic, like, you know, post up, shoot a lot of dudes. Yeah. Um, the game tries to like set up some things where it's like shoot on the run versus not, but like it just doesn't, it still feels like very much like, yep, playing a, playing a standard shooter here. Yeah. Um, and it's it's hard to draw those connections between here's how I built my character with these cards and here's what that means for how I should be playing. Um, and I'm sure like if you play it enough and you're playing at a higher level, maybe that stuff starts to matter more. But in terms of it making like intuitive sense of like, here is who my character is. I think the card system may have cut against that a bit. Yeah. Um, and well, because the, the, the characters aren't fundamentally different. They're just skins, yeah. right? Like, so it's not as they have like it's a, not as though it's a situation. Well, they have starter equipment that's different. Yeah. But it's like, hey, I, when I played his mom the entire time, I was like she always had a shotgun to start, but I didn't like the shotgun, so I always got rid of it. And well, I got, you also I got have a melee like one instead. like specific. There thing, is like right yes. the one specific card yes. that like affects the whole team in some way. I forget what what what. what what mine is <laughs> yeah there are some differences beyond but but it, but it's not huge no. right like it's not it's it's not like if we were all to have shifted you know which characters you're playing i don't know that we it would have felt meaningfully different and i wonder if that could have been a way the game could have addressed is like if the actual characters like intrinsic abilities were a little bit different right. and then that that would like that would then inform the cards you were applying or even the cards you were getting um like i'm not even sure what but, you yours and i know mine and natalie's because they were kind of different like the most obvious right like natalie's was the she could see any trap and mine was the i had a free heal right. that i could give people i'm looking up <laughs> rob um, is laughing uh, <laughs> about well, i'm remembering the, the, the sheer number oh, of mom, times natalie's like don't open that jar and i'd be like boom <laughs> yep. don't open that Whoops. Hey, there might be loot back here. <laughs> There's also a lot of zombies. I need help. 
Um, uh, tough love. Mom can instantly revive an incapacitated teammate once. Oh. And then plus one team extra life, plus one support inventory. Again, those aren't like, those aren't not meaningful, but I don't know. Again, like I don't, I think p- part of what we're all scratching at here is, you know, having played a game for 10 to 15 hours and not feel as though we like defined our characters yeah. quite enough. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe we're coming at it from the wrong angle because the game's pitch is, hey, play it a bunch. Um, yeah. but, and but and don't, play a, sp- don't play those 15 hours spread out over like three months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe not. Uh, Our bad. I, I, I feel like I only really like hit a like build at the end, which is when it was mm-hmm. most obvious too because at in those last acts, you're getting your entire deck at once. Right, you're basically at full at full power with whatever you've decided to build towards, um, and then you start getting like bonus x like random like basic cards as as you unlock stuff when you're like going through the last act, um, and like I had basically kind of <laughs> leaned fully into the healer thing. I had that card that healed ev- us every every time mm-hmm. someone went down. I had a thing where whenever I healed someone else. I would get like I think fifteen percent of that heal back, um, like on me, um, and that felt like all right. I'm getting a build, but part of the issue here is that the way that unlocks work is there's these specific tracts, um, supply lines is what they call them, but those are seemingly completely random, right? Like, and you have to basically go through one, like finish the supply line before you can unlock the next one, um. I feel like that changed at some point because when we logged in this very last time, there were three supply lines and I could kind of pick and choose what to unlock from all of them. But for the majority of the time that we were playing, it worked as you picked which supply line you were going down, you finished it, and then you could pick the next one. And those supply lines are were usually themed very strongly, right? So it's like there was, there was a stamina-based one. I went through all the stamina stuff, but like now I'm all leaned into stamina stuff even if all I really wanted was the one card at the end of that supply line that looked interesting. But, and then effectively all I've added to my deck is that one card. The other ones were like, Mm -hmm. "Eh, fine. I didn't need them for what I was trying to build towards. And so like that method of kind of gating unlocks did not help the like building aspect. I think Um, I would have done more like a, like a, like a, a point system where it's just like, here's all the cards that are available yeah. To take yeah. like you like say, either save up all your supply points so you can get the like really big ones or if you want something now like that you think is going to be useful in the meantime get the cheaper ones or whatever. Something like that where you could pick and choose or, or more even if it was um you know like there were occasionally you get these sort of like in-game achievements that were like oh you've done like a million damage. Like mm-hmm. what if um you know you have like you're saying a card chart. Right. But you were working towards that by a differing play style, right? right? Like, right. hey, like if you bring a melee weapon into the next chapter, like you're gonna unlock. Like, I'm just trying to think of like different ways that they could have, yeah. like, had you playing differently to then influence how you're like accessing cards, right. thus just like diversifying like your both approach and like the kind of builds you'd be doing. Um, I don't like that would have been neat, but, but like as it stands, it feels. Again, it's not, you know, obviously I'm like less into the card thing on a base level, but it does, it just, it feels, it feels like it was a game, um, like, well, cards are uh, in right now, like, <laughs> this, like, and 
that's why this is the way it is. And wanting to add randomness, that's fine. Like that right. makes sense. That's an extension of the AI director is that it, it, beyond just how the, the enemies are spawned in, it's like, how do we change how the player, because Left 4 Dead was very static, like that you weren't, you know, it was it was just the environment around you changing per run. And so I think it's, it, you know, it makes a lot of sense that they would want to extend that to the player experience as well. Um, I guess it's almost as I, was, I wish it was changing more. Ra- I just wish like the game was right like up. pulling the rug out from under me more often. And it was only happening just from let's make the enemies harder. I mean, the fire variant was cool. Like that was probably <laughs> one of the neater cards the game has. Like actually now all the, f- and, it, and, 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 and it profoundly impacted my class because I could not, uh, like you know, kind of. I'm, I'm, you know, play Kingsfield. Yeah. I'm used to getting up and swinging real right. close, and I couldn't real do that close. anymore. And so, <laughs> like one of my one of my weapons, like was like not nearly as useful. Uh, when we would get the what, the charred zombies, yeah. I think was the uh the pitch, and so stuff like that was neat. I wish there had been more explicit kind of variants yeah. like that. It was also, that, it was also things. like one of the only times I feel like they narrativized the the ridden like mutation like i remember something had happened mm-hmm. in that level where there was a fire right. and then they started running at us the, inc- yeah, the incinerator, the incinerator that like natalie as patrick makes a uh <laughs> reference to guitar hero through the fire and through the flames the dragon lands i forget what the, the, the natalie just dra- uh, walks right into the yeah, fire dragon dragon force dragon something dragon force yeah. dragon force i think that's right and then and then then robbing like i can get her <laughs> Well, I thought, okay, in fairness, like, so you think, well, as long as I stay, like, out of the flames, I'll be fine. Yeah. But it's like the entire, like, the entire little, like, tunnel (laughs) is just set foot on it. You die. Yeah. Whether or not you were close to a little, like, flame graphic, you're just (laughs) fucked. And so the minute I, like, stepped in there, it's just, like, done. Um, But, yeah, like, I, I will say, though, like, things that did work for me. Look, turns out I love kitting out guns no matter what. <laughs> like putting on different mag extensions, yeah, yeah. little sights, little like like I am uh disgusting. Didn't you attach a sight to, to a to, to a to a shotgun for a disgustingly long uh, long were you both I was too embarrassed shotgun? to not use the sight? Like I was like, hey, an ACOG. And I was just like Glomp. And I was so holding I a rifle. Sight. I was holding a rifle. Like, oh, I could use that ACOG. I put an ACOG sight on a really <laughs> low-level shotgun. Uh, didn't didn't do a whole lot for the usability of that gun. And I remember you you had that weapon for you were upset about it for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but then I found like a couple the, chapters the god tier yes. AK forty seven, and I never looked back. Um, but. Like the the weapon variety was actually not bad. Like I think Patrick, you and I on that last on that last uh, run through the uh, swamp where you're just being overrun mm-hmm. by zombies trying to hit the nodes. You and I both were like, "Fuck it, we're taking the machine guns out because <laughs> we just needed to clear yeah. paths." Yes, right. And so, does it take thirty seconds to reload? Yes. Does it have <laughs> three hundred rounds before it needs to reload? Also, yes. yes. And that's what we're here for. That last um, one was the. The first time I picked up a shotgun in this game, I was like, oh, hey, these do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like and like even with the like double damage, it was like surprising to watch one of those big old ogres just like drop as we like laid into it. Um, they gave me a late game uh, Desert Eagle pistol that uses sniper rifle uh, yeah. ammo and a sight. And it was the most ridiculous. Like <laughs> it's just a sidearm. Yeah, that. 
was more effective than any weapon I'd encountered. Like it was like a sidearm that like hit like a sniper rifle, but shot faster and had better handling characteristics <laughs> than the sniper rifle. So I was like, I guess I'll just I'll use this. Like when we were fighting the last like raid boss, yeah. I was just like, uh, I could use this fully equipped like uh, AK-47, but I think I'm just gonna use this pistol and just like blast the shit out of it because every time I hit, uh, it just chunks down a a big old yeah. bag of health. So uh, overall, like I, I had a decent time with it. Like if an expansion yeah. comes out this year soon, like we might check it out. I would be game for it. Um, yeah. But like, especially as a uh, a quintessential, uh, you know, a co- long term consequences be damned. Uh, <laughs> game Pass game, right? Like right. the fact that you could just right. grab this, play it with some friends. Uh, it that the fact that that's how you know it was really no different than how we exp- i mean yes i handed all of you codes but it's it's more that's essentially a, a handing everyone a game pass <laughs> so you know what i mean like it's yeah. kind of the same thing um and uh that game seems to fit that mold i have not heard a peep about rainbow six extraction since it launched which seems bad i fired um, it up today mm-hmm. um We'll talk about it maybe later this week. But my first impressions <laughs> were like, oh, this is less adapted than I was hoping. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it. We'll, we'll get into it. But like it, the the first impression it made, I mean, I, I just got through training. So like way too early to say like whether the game is good or not. Yeah. But like just there's like how it feels. Some of the things that are introduced. I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, In a lot of ways, I was like. I think I like this better when it was the division. Um, <laughs> even though the gameplay is totally separate. It's the it's once again doing the whole like, uh man, the plague is hit New York, and the only thing God you know it. between yeah, again? so we gotta get in there. Yeah, and like it's very funny their whole like now this plague is completely out of control. But we've isolated all the plague zones, the hot zones, <laughs> into three layers of push your luck encounter spaces. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, it's just totally, it's just totally wow. off the chain in here where it's like, do you want to keep going deeper? Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I have not heard a lot uh, about it. I'm, I'm with you. I thought I figured that would be like a, a game that's getting discussed a lot in the four-player co-op space, especially when you consider how popular Rainbow Six has been for, like, years. Right. right. Um, and this one, yeah, kind of a muted reception. Um, so we'll have, to, we'll have to, like, figure out what's, what's going on there. Uh, before we wrap it up, we should probably talk a little bit. Let's uh, get into some letters, I guess, real quick. Le- um, letters? Are these different than questions? Did people write essays? <laughs> yeah. Le- um, uh, are we getting physical mail? <laughs> No, we we are not. Uh, we'll, we'll, Rob dig in, wishes. we'll dig into the question. But I wish. We I wish. Yes. Oh my god. Bring back I the epistolaries. <laughs> oh, my honestly, seltzer delivery honestly. in my mail bag. <laughs> what if? Okay. Like I said, eventually we're we're hoping to do some sort of live thing in the like nearish nearest term. But what if we had people start writing letters, handwritten letters? Oh my god. Oh and my sending god. them to the vice office. Yeah. I'd go and pick like them. higher go pick chances of being read if like the paper stock is good and yes, if there's yes, like evidence yes. like more like, more ele- like oh this is block printed uh ball pen ballpoint pen no I don't think so uh, let's see somebody let's see somebody get a fountain pen out you said block printed um, and I thought you meant like a wood block like someone <laughs> did a wood well, block print of hey hey Kato don't <laughs> limit people's imagination yeah. um, that'd be fucking great. <laughs> 
What I'm saying is start thinking about it. I don't know what to tell you on where to send that. I'll spend this week before How the next podcast. How can we do this without doxing ourselves or exposing <laughs> Vice employees? Right. Uh, the device, the device is like, yeah, device office is like a public. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not, so I think that's, that's how we're going to do it. Yeah. We're, so we will figure out how to address that so that when they start getting like a brick in the mail, (laughs) someone that someone's etched into somehow, uh, there's a place for that to, to go. Oh no. I will, um, I, I, okay. I will, I'll have, I'll have an answer later this week. Stay tuned. Uh, but start thinking, start thinking. So I don't think you guys read this one. Um, this is for, this is a was. What's better, a big bathtub or a backyard hot tub? A big bathtub or a what? Backyard hot tub. Backyard hot tub. I love hot tubs so no, much. No, no. <laughs> love no, hot tubs. No, no. Hot what, tubs are did, fun. Did you have a bad but experience in a hot tub? No, no, uh-huh. it's fine. It's fine. These two things are not comparable, though. Let's be real. A hot tub versus what, you, a, what is that supposed to mean? Look, what? hot tubs are fine. They're great. Whatever. Okay. They're fun to hang right. hang out in. But taking a bath is one of the most luxurious things. Like sitting in a bath, just like soaking in a bath, is. A hundred times better than being in a hot tub. You know, when I'm in, but people judge me if I open a beer in my bathtub. No, they can't. They can't. They can't judge you because they can't see you're you. You're alone. You're alone <laughs> inside the fucking. You can do whatever you want in there. Uh, you well, can I, sit there Robert, I, and. I don't know what Kato is doing in his giant bathtub. I don't have a giant his bathtub. I just have a bathtub. Getting... I am putting a plank over the top of my tub so I can sit my my laptop on top and watch TV. You you're doing what? Yes. <laughs> what? Because what that, that it, it's not. What gonna, if it I'm falls being careful. in? I'm being careful. It's fine. It's fine. It's stable. It's stable. But I can sit there in the warm water and watch my favorite TV show, watch some anime, relax. Do you have to like what call you your cannot do like, outside? My hands are wet. Could you come remove the computer <laughs> from the top? No, I, you, you get my hands out like. Dunk most of my body in there and just like keep my hands free so that I can uh, so keep a you towel. Put your hands I keep a towel tub? near nearby if I do, you know, like need to move things on the computer. Sometimes, like I'll I'll need to like yeah grab for the towel. It'll so, be fine. But is this what people are using those planks for? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you you sit you see it's the it's here's two things one. You can do whatever the fuck you want because it's inside your house. Privacy. Love it. Two, the <laughs> other... We all live in a place where winter exists. Mm-hmm. I ain't going fucking outside in, like, a bathing suit to get into a fucking hot tub in the if middle you, of fucking oh winter. God, but I am so, gonna go into my fucking wait, bathroom. Hold on. One of the greatest joys no, of an outdoor hot tub not. is going into <laughs> it in the winter. I could not... I the couldn't contra- make it out of my house. I would be too cold. Oh, the con- no, the, 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 the dichotomy between, <laughs> like, the split between your face, like freezing, like your hair, like freezing a little the cold bit. Air keeping you shockingly That's awake. Horrible. It's like you are like so awake, but then also oh, you're so it's warm. Inc- <laughs> it's incredible. At, no, that is one of the greatest <sighs> joys. Like the fact that you laid that out as a negative is no, no. reviewing this differently. 
Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. In my uh, mind, this is not even a question. You would always want the big bathtub. The big bathtub I have fucking seen rocks. Costco, Costco is currently selling. Like I've, I, I look at yeah. it every time we go. <laughs> is there is, there is like a, you know, there's hot tub, hot tubs. Sure. You know, like the big, sure. like giant ones. You got to put on a cement block. And then over COVID, I think specifically, like these have become like these other like uh, more uh, compact, portable. Uh, hot tubs have become more popular as people like want things to do that's you know near where they are uh and i have no idea how good the one that costco has been schlepping out there at the moment but like they are uh they are pushing like this one it's like i think it's 500 bucks and it's it's for only like two people it's not a big party tub but uh you know it's again it's an inflatable one so like you you know you connect it to you know a plug it fill it fills up you Put the I think it's got a heater attached to it for to, to warm up the water and everything and it looks delightful. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 a big hot tub person. Like pro, I, look, I love the big bathtub too. Um, but just I love a hot tub so, late at night with a beer. Oh my god! Yeah, a beer so, that I can have inside. I need something real quick from Kata. Yeah, <laughs> uh, where, where do you stand on the Whirlpool bathtub? Yeah, that's that's good too. Fine, okay, sure. Fine. That's yeah, fine. that's good. Right. That's great. It's basically a hot tub um, indoors. <clears throat> What's not to love? It's the best so, of both worlds, honestly. And maybe what you should get instead of putting a hot tub outside. God damn. Yeah, I don't know. The hot tub, the hot tub has a certain degree of luxury and it always uh, keeps it at that heat. <laughs> oh, it's great. So I would probably, but having said all this, because I, I do like that, I do like the hot tub. Uh, but one, I would want to have a pretty private backyard, right? Like that's the thing is like, sure. I'm not like building hot tub. I don't think so. <laughs> I do not think so. Like hot tub exposed to neighbors back windows. I don't think so. Mm-mm. Not happening. Mm-mm. Not going to be like, oh, what's up? What's up? If kids only there was a room. The if only there was a room in your well, house. So, this that is the thing. Privacy. I would probably. <laughs> I would probably, but the thing is, hot tubs, I want to be covered up to my neck. Yeah. I want the deepest tub. You need a big but one. The thing also, is- it's communal. I associate hot, like, the diff- distinction yeah. here, and the reason I'm in the hot tub so attraction, it, uh, attractive is, like, getting in with, like, other people. Sure. Like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a gr- it's a communal thing to do. If it's just, if we, are, if we were in this question is, would you yourself, by yourself, want to be in the big bathtub or the hot tub. It's probably the big bathtub, right? Because then you've got more options. You can do the computer. And it, you know, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not putting a wood plank up. But you are putting the projection of the bear game up or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah have done that. Watching Sunday Night Football that. from the hot tub. Well, my the uh, when my parents bought uh, their lake house, you know, like 20-something years ago, um, uh, it came with a hot tub. Like it was one of the, and my mom was furious. She's like, what, what do we, what, what do we want this? And my dad became like addicted to it. It was like his thing. And then my, the first thing my mom wanted to do when they bought the place was like, can we just sell this, get rid of it. We'll like, we can have a bigger patio as a result. And my dad did not, um, precious few things. Did he have strong opinions about mostly? It was just sort of like, whatever else I wants to do is just fine. Yeah. That hot tub became his thing, and he and to the point where he once he once broke that hot tub and then just went out and bought a new one um, because he wanted to keep that. Hot. He did not winterize it correctly, mm, uh, and then yeah, and then the yeah. pipes froze, and then he had to replace it. So, uh, but the thing is, so the issue is again, like putting bathtub in real terms. Like mm-hmm. I know for a fact that the type of bathtub I would like. Mm-hmm. 
might not be doable with the weight bearing capacity of the <laughs> ceiling once you like fill it with water, right? Like I had friends who had a Let's... really nice bathtub, and slowly, like the ceiling joist, the joist holding it up, like started to bow a little <sighs> bit. But then, when the bathtub would not be full, like full, now the bathtub was no longer being supported. By the joists because now there's a little bit of gap so the bathtub unbeknownst to them cracked a little bit tiny little bit and began with each use leaking a little bit of water okay. out through the bathtub okay. so like but the, but this is the thing right is like the ground the good earth will yeah. hold up my mighty hot tub also but like but like consider i guess this is you know this i feel like part of the question imagined a world where i could even have a hot tub which is not currently i in a world where both yeah, things no, happen. Is, we're in fantasy yes, land a bit. Where either one can happen perfectly. Like, you don't have to worry about structural things with the building mm-hmm. or you could have yeah. the privacy no, you want No, this is an outside. idealized hot tub. An idealized hot tub and an yeah. idealized big old bath. That's what you're I was comparing. You're still taking a nice bathtub. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah and you're still 100%. Nice bathtub. Yeah. 100% in bathtub so, land. <laughs> I also want to shout out one other thing here that I really do like. Um, big old shower stall with, like, one of those nice little stone benches. So it turns into like shower sauna type place yeah. where it's like, oh man, like really getting it steamy in here. Gonna turn, <laughs> cut the water, sit here. Ah, oh, living, living the good life. Like also big fan of that whole arrangement. Uh, ideally my, uh, I would have all three. <laughs> my, uh, some, some uh, friends of mine just moved back from Seattle back, uh, out near us. And they bought a house that was the previous people bought the house tore it down, built a new thing. And it's like a, you know, a nice brand new house um, that I would describe as 95% complete. Um, and <laughs> like those 5% are like when you go down to their basement, um, it's like a big finished basement, except for when you open one of the doors connected to the basement and you go, there's no floor here, nor is there a ceiling. Um, and so it's like, well, shut that door to that room. We'll <laughs> deal with that one day, I guess. Uh, and, they told me go into the bathroom. I was like, okay, go into the bathroom. I was like, what am I looking for? They're like, you'll understand when you get there. Uh, walk forward, first room of the bathroom, very normal. It's got a toilet, got a sink. And then I look over towards the end. It's like, well, that tile and that kind of like height suggests there's a, a sauna back there. <laughs> and so you go back and there are like kind of the steps that would be mm-hmm, like, oh, a group mm-hmm. of people could come back here and experience a sauna. Crucially though, Nothing remotely resembling a sauna is connected to it. Um, and so you have a sauna aesthetic, but you would have to put in your own sauna to take advantage of it as the sauna. So I was like, okay, well. Nope. That's an approach. No one's going to use that bathroom. That'll just be a curious quirk you point out to everyone that comes to your house for the next 20 years so a thing that i like this was a casualty of covid uh in cambridge but um is that open for y'all uh loading 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 no it doesn't it's yeah it seems like a broken image um okay so basically uh there's this place in cambridge called Inman Oasis. Patrick, click on it and then click yeah. open original. Ah. Uh, and it'll take you because it's a Google link. Oh. 
Ooh. Oh. Yeah, so this was a... Oh, yes. is this a Geralt? Is, is Geralt here? Dude, no, no, no. You need, here's one of people from Yelp. Um, once again, no. Uh, but... Um, no, I got it. I, I, oh. That's yeah. how big that tub is. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's the... Kato, the indoor uh, bathtub uh, goblin, yes. just cackles as, yes. he, as he looks. So what, what we're looking at pictures of is one of those giant, like Japanese wash basin style tubs, uh, like but made even of wood bigger. with like the yeah, enormous, Honestly. enormous, huge. This could fit um, like easily. What's that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Like ten people could sit along yeah. on the edge of this out on the outside. And yeah. the, and like those folks, they're like you know you think okay, it comes up to the shoulders. No, they're sitting on a, they're sitting on a little bench in yeah. there. Um, if you like crouch down and like get all covered up, it like is up to your like chin. Uh, <laughs> so you can get like fully immersed. Uh, but that place was heaven. Um, and I think their landlord like evicted them basically. Uh, like early. Aww. Oh, you know, it's it's like what like the first thing landlords did in COVID because they're like kind of useless parasites is they're like, well, we'll find somebody who can pay rent whose business is unaffected by the pandemic. <sighs> and, you know, I don't know what's there now. Probably maybe, you know, maybe something. But um, it was it was great because that was like what was great there was it was access to the sort of like. The sort of indulgent bathtub experience that you would never build for yourself in a million right. years. Right. Like right. It, like in no construction yeah. am I going to be like. <laughs> You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna build like a five foot deep, uh, yeah. like, like uh, you know, Japanese tub. Yeah, uh, like not doing that. But these folks did, uh, and it was heavenly. Uh, Patrick, you you mentioned that there's a little mm-hmm. bit of there's a little Costco situation with the uh, with, with with. It's probably listed on their west website. I guess I could probably just brought well, up. Well, we have an email uh-huh. about Costco fraud. Oh. I don't know what oh. you like. I was I I think I must have missed the part where you're talking about Costco fraud. Um, uh, were you? Yeah, but the short yeah. version of the story to set it up is uh, they used to have a policy where for all their electronics, specifically TVs and like digital cameras and things like that, uh, if it broke, they would just give you credit for what you purchased and you could apply that to something new. It was basically, hey, we get you in the door, you know, to buy this, uh, you know, electronic, but then you're going to buy a bunch of food and like we'll just eat the price on this camera that you're going to replace every two years. And I would just bring in a camera and say it was broken and like get a new wow. get a new camera until they until they change until the internet uh progressed and uh came to understand this policy and then you know sort of like when there's a price error on a target or whatever uh stuff like that you used to be able to jump through that loophole <laughs> like that doesn't happen on the internet anymore they cancel stuff like that and eventually Costco phased out that policy i think they basically said if you'd pur- if you'd purchase something before x date uh you know, you could do you could take advantage of the policy one more time and then it was being being phased out. And uh, so I admitted to my fraud because it was like 20 years ago. Right. But uh, so Stephen from Costco writes, <laughs> <laughs> hey, waypointers. Recently, Patrick talked about returning cameras repeatedly to Costco in order to get refunds mm-hmm. and new models and what mm-hmm. it would take to get the Costco cops sicked on you. This was especially fun to me because I work at Costco's corporate office in accounting. Pick catastrophe proof. It's Stephen's corporate ID outside their HQ. And my first department was dedicated to warehouse vendor return issues, which meant dealing with various bits of fraud, among other things. Well, I spent the past four or five years smiling at Patrick's Kirkland signature escapades. None of them have touched on the stuff I've literally done for a living until now. So I felt I had to write in. 
first off, I agree Patrick's behavior falls on the lighter end of return policy abuse. I put it in the same category as people who buy kayaks and barbecues at the beginning of summer and return them in the fall. Or people who return their Christmas decorations in January. If you want to know some better ways to get the Costco cops interested in you, or at least create more headaches on the accounting side, here's some, here's some from personal experience, including the most relevant kind of fraud for this podcast, gamer mm-hmm. fraud. Okay. From time to time, I would get looped into issues with computer vendors who had problems with their returns. The one that always comes to mind is when a Costco member bought three $2,500 gaming PCs stripped out almost all the parts inside and then returned the near empty cases to Costco for a full refund. Holy. Cause they don't really, how is the person at the customer service desk Naturally, supposed to know? Cyberpower was not jazzed to receive back three <laughs> nearly empty PCs and was very uninterested in paying Costco back for that amount. So we had to work out an itemized reimbursement based on what hadn't been stripped and could still be salvaged and resold. Another coworker who originally worked in the warehouses told stories of how once in a while members would come in and buy a brand new TV, take it home, put their old TV back in the new TV's <laughs> box, and return the new TV back for a full refund. That's good. That's just typically that's just the smart. return clerks will lift the box or take a glance inside to make sure something is in there, but they rarely have time to do a full inspection before shipping the things back off for a return. Oh While these God. sorts of moves don't get caught at the return counter, they're almost always caught when the product arrives back at the vendor and they raise a ruckus. And then we get alerted when the vendor doesn't want to reimburse us. Things companies love telling um, other companies they will not be paying them money. Things <laughs> companies do not love getting told they will not be paid money. <laughs> this kind of trickery still might not be enough to get your membership straight revoked. It really is a lenient return policy. But warehouses do have the ability to mark the presence of suspicious activity on certain memberships. So any future returns of a similar nature might raise a few more eyebrows. On the whole, though, these occurrences are still pretty rare in the grand scheme of how much stuff gets sold, and the bigger issue tends to be more systematic and organized theft occurring at the manufacturing sites themselves right before products are shipped to Costco buildings. Don't get me started on the gang of razor thieves that cause pallets of shaving razors and blades to show up half-empty at our depots across the East Coast for several years. (laughs) Word from a friend who still works with the region is they've now moved on to more lucrative Dyson vacuums. Thanks to the whole Waypoint crew for all the great pods over the years and to Patrick for keeping me employed. <laughs> Amazing. Incredible. The other um, scam that uh, people used to uh, run in high school was when places, I think Walmart specifically, uh, would give you full price for a video game, um, even if it was opened, but um, it had to be Walmart credit. And so if you could find a game for very cheap or or something like that, you could then flip it to Walmart for full price um, and they just wouldn't they wouldn't blink. And then at a certain point, they started flagging accounts with you seem to be coming in with a lot of video games. It was like a well-intentioned policy of like, what if grandma buys you a game you didn't want? Would you like to come in and just you're going to buy something at Walmart anyway? Like it, like the math probably still works out for them, even if they're in theory accepting uh, potentially st- st- stolen goods that are being laundered through through Walmart. So that was that was common. Where like in the early days of buying things online, if you could get it cheaper, then you could take it to to Walmart and get fifty bucks instead of 
the 25 that you that you paid online um we got a couple emails following up on your discussion of the x-men what cook food um <laughs> the x-men yep. what cook food i mean uh, if you want to answer this rob it was like what x-men would you like would you not want to serve you a meal would i not 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 you would refuse. I mean, there's to give you no food. way. There's no way Cyclops makes good food. That's the like. That's the <laughs> thing. Like, uh, oh yeah, no, this chicken breast is very lean. You're right. You're right, Scott. This is uh, <laughs> nope. No carbs on this plate. Amazing. Is he cooking it with his eyes? No, that's no. force. It's force. Yeah, they're punches from the punch dimension. Right, mm. it's not heat. I mean, there's a little bit of heat, but it's mostly force. What is it? So, so Tim from Detroit writes in regards to mutants who do food. I just got to point out that it's kind of my boy Saucier's whole deal. <laughs> he only has one appearance during the 2021 Hellfire Gala, but he seems neat. Link included. There's a mutant named Saucier. <laughs> He's got a chef's hat. Saucier is a professional chef described by Magneto as the mutant miracle of cooking. He resided in the White Palace on Krakoa in order to provide his professional services to the White Queen. Saucier's mutant ability manifests in his forearms, yellow skin. Forearms? Yes. (laughs) Not forearms. Forearms. Like a Goro situation. Yellow skin, tusk-like teeth, and small horns. It's unclear whether this mutation is a contributing factor (laughs) you his cooking skills attributes skilled cook amazing <laughs> amazing uh name unknown <laughs> by the way saucier is just a an aka nobody knows who this person really is <laughs> um wow I, lo- I love it when you're like completing complete the script of your x-men comic and you're like there's nothing to watch but like iron chef um <laughs> This is this is the, this is the um the hot tub that they keep pushing the saluspa 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 so I love that they're just this is just taken in a showroom is that hold on is that that looks like it's their family room <laughs> it's is that carpet under there that is carpet yeah also is, is this well, thing looks- hold on is this thing inflatable <laughs> yeah they almost they almost always are. <laughs> That is not what I was thinking when I imagined hot because, tubs. Look, I mean, it, Aren't they usually I mean, like look, made of wood in, and shit? It comes in this box. Oh my God. Wow. Haven't you seen how they ship mattresses now? Like, oh why God. not expand that to oh my God. the hot tub industrial complex? I'm trying to scroll down to the reviews. No, there aren't any. I do, There's man. Imagine. Maybe if I log in. You just make your whole house feel like... <laughs> A temporary settlement on an off-world colony. (laughs) Me, me inflating my, me inflating my hot tub. Belta Loda. (laughs) (laughs) There are no reviews for this product. Hey, hmm. Bumpa. (laughs) Get in the water. Hurry up before the postman sees us. (laughs) Uh, I miss the expanse. <laughs> you don't have to. I went back to the start. 
Oh, that's good. That's smart. Yeah, it's good. Like it is cool. Like to see how much that series changed. By the way, yeah. Um, it's like that first season fucking rolls. It's it, it was a great show. Um, let's see. God, there's an email I wanted to read, but it's all gone. Um, damn. You gotta gotta start dropping them in the Trello. Oh, uh, so somebody did write in about the Expanse books, Chris. Uh, wrote in, this is more for me and Kato. As someone who's read the whole series but never watched the TV show, I found you talking about Marco very interesting in the books he's characterized quite differently. To begin with, it's very clear early on that Marco and the Free Navy are being manipulated by Winston Duarte, who ends up being one of the major villains of the last three books. I think that's the dude on that planet on where the, the planet? fucking zombies are happening. The guy who's yeah. like introduced with a randomly long speech. Yeah. And then like leaves Marco out, out to dry at the end. Yes, yeah. He doesn't show up. And the entire up. thing is well, like, what the fuck is going on? Or does on? he show up? Or does he show up? <laughs> uh, besides that, besides that, while the belt is an important source of mineral wealth in the books, it stated repeatedly that it's entirely dependent on Earth. The, the show did get to this uh, for yeah. organic wealth, like food. Um, so Marco in the books comes across less like a reactionary character uh, of a revolution, re- less like a revolutionary character, reactionary character of a revolutionary, but instead a righteous figure who's been manipulated and tricked into cutting off his nose despite his face. Hmm. The books then complicate this further by having Naomi emphasize how abusive manipulative Marco had been to him in their relationship, which gives you a reason to dislike him that has nothing to do with his politics. Hmm. Uh, the show is his own thing. needs to work on, his own, on its own. I'm sure your criticism of how it characterizes Marco are valid. Uh, so many of the complicating factors in his characterization in the books are tied in the plot lines the show didn't get to, so I understand why they cut why they cut that, even if it ended up making him feel flat and uninteresting to you. Uh, I, I think there's definitely like a bit of a bit of like context lacking, but like when I when I finish the series, like I just think so much of it comes down to that one note rhetorical style that he goes yeah. through the entire show with Kato, yeah. where like every time this guy this guy appears on screen, it's like he's barking out his lines. Yes. You know? Um and so like he always he like he always sounds like he's giving a like terrorist rally speech. Right, right. Even when he's doing <laughs> mundane shit. You know what I mean? Uh show me the menu. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's like I wonder how much the books pin on that uh kind of shadowy figure. Uh specifically. There's just moments in in this last season where actions yeah. taken are like, okay, all right, buddy. Are you really for the people at this point? Uh, but so I started reading the books, yeah, because um, I was like, okay, now I'm curious. Like, what is really different? I'll tell you this much: um, it is like as as annoying as people find the main character Holden in the TV show. I think mm. he might be worse in the books. <gasps> like, there is literally a sequence where, like, remember the precipitating event. The entire series yeah. is. Unknown assailants blow up this like ice hauling freighter. Right. In the book. The The Canterbury. Yeah. Yeah. Holden's reaction. He doesn't just say, I want to chase these guys. He opens, he opens a communications channel to the ship that just destroyed them and starts sending them pictures of everyone who died aboard the camp. And it's like, these were people. They had (laughs) names and families and you're going to remember them. You need to know who you, who you just killed. And I was like, Holden, what, what the (laughs) fuck are you doing? And he's like, they're going to feel bad about this. And it's like, oh man, Holden, (laughs) it's too much, too much. 
Uh, but it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, by the way, a couple of people did write in asking about this whole NFL situation. Now it's a lot to get into for today. Uh, but Patrick, I do think we should we should just allude to the fact that once again the NFL appears to have shit shit the bed uh, in terms of like handling the the politics around who gets coaching opportunities have like this is an mm-hmm. annual scandal in the NFL because it is a t- it is a sport overwhelmingly played by black men and as you move up the ranks of like NFL organizations uh you find fewer and fewer like black men in roles of leadership when we get to the head coaching level um it's like uh, it's like basically Mike Tomlin and that's it now, last year there were a couple, a couple of years ago there were six Black uh, head coaches, and I think we are down to well. If Lovey Smith gets the Texas job, the ex Chicago Bears coach, I think there would be well two. Oh, I guess well. And then there's as many as yeah as many as many people. The Adam Schefters of the world, in which they are clearly passing along a league line, making very clear that when the the Dolphins appear to be hiring Mike McDaniel's an OC for the 49ers, who is biracial. They they made sure to include that in every. He's the first multiracial tweet. candidate hired this year, uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's like yes, that is. Um, I mean, that is technically true, but also like, I mean, in the last year. So to give a bit of context, um, it's very funny how all this blew up. So, as listeners to Waypoint may have heard a little while ago, a couple of years ago, there was sort of a scandal that the. Um, the Miami Dolphins appeared to be trying a Philadelphia 76ers process style tanking strategy to like just field a shit team and bank uh, like draft picks. And there was a question as to like whether that was even a really responsible way to approach the game of football, given how violent it is. Like, you know, you can play You can feel the shitty basketball team and those guys aren't going to get like fucking murdered out on the court. Right. They'll just be like, well, I think Brian, I think Brian Flores, the, who we will get to is the one who filed yeah. a lawsuit and kicked off a bunch of this. This is discourse was the, the coach of that team was asked at one point, um, you know, what is it? I don't know if this was during that season or later or looking back on it, but you know, he was like, there's no such thing as tanking for players because when someone kicks the ball to you, like say you're a kick returner, when someone kicks the ball to you and there are, you know, I forget how many players are on the field with that, like 12, 12 um, extremely athletic men running full speed, you know, down the field to hit you as hard as possible, holding to dislodge a ball. You tell that person you're tanking um, as they are being told to start running it out and avoid <laughs> avoiding yeah. those players. And so under Flores, that team did surprisingly well. A team that was like designed to not win many games ended up designing, uh, ended up winning quite a few. They started poorly, and then like his kind of like his culture, kind of like whatever you call culture, like what a, what a coach brings. But like they started winning games. The players loved playing for him. And then a team that was set up to get the you know a first round pick, I think won like six games or something, like w- way more than they should yeah. have, um, and still ended up getting uh, uh, you know uh, to a Tungala. By by or Tua the the the, the, the Tua quarterback they've had for a couple it, yeah, yeah um, uh, for the last couple of years yeah and and they ended up being a pretty like a a decent a a pretty decent team um but he was fired anyway at the end of this year which to begin with was weird right because actually like by most measures 
given what he had to work with, he's had a pretty successful tenure. So it was one of those yeah. things where this is not a guy where it was clearly time to like fire him the way like Matt Patricia had taken a decent Detroit team and like completely just smashed it into the ground and like broke it into pieces. Flores had taken a pretty bad team and made it a pretty credible and some avenues for growth. So he gets fired. And by the way, it's like there's there's a history of like Stephen Ross, the owner, uh, very Trumpy uh, was an issue um, mm-hmm. like a couple a couple years ago. Um, and so everyone's kind of curious, like, where's Brian Flores going to end up? Because he's clearly been a successful coach, a, a good coach. Um, and the answer was nowhere. He, he wasn't getting jobs. But the thing that like tripped like like tripped a circuit and caused him to uh like go on a mission <laughs> to get justice uh with the NFL was <laughs> this is so fucked up it's so funny but it's bad um so Brian Flores is an ex New England Patriot he was on Bill Belichick's staff for years another uh, defensive coordinator yeah now a lot of people have passed through the Patriots organization a lot of people have done well uh, after leaving the Patriots under like after being sort of, um, you know, like being under Belichick's tutelage. There is another guy, uh, Brian Dayball, who also was like an ex-Patriots uh, coach, uh, and he's had a really good run up in Buffalo. Um, he gets a lot of credit for being one of the people who helped uh, Josh Allen, the quarterback there, really step up his play. Um, so. Brian Flores gets a text from Bill Belichick being like, congrats, dude. This is awesome. I heard just heard it. You're getting the New York Giants gig. And Flores is like, wow, yeah, that is that is great news. I'm excited to hear that, coach. Little surprised to hear it because I'm not having my second in-person interview with them until like two days from now. And Belichick's like, no, man, I heard it from from people both in Buffalo and in, in and in New York. You got the job. And Flores is like, OK, uh, coach, I have to ask you, do you think you're talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dayball right now? And I can only imagine there's a long silence in that text chat. Probably a lot of tap, 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 disappearing text. <laughs> um, and then Belichick's like, uh, I think I fucked this up. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh I think this job is going to to Dayball, which indeed it did. Um, I, I, I want to point out a small detail that is beautiful about this exchange, which is that they these these screenshots are in like the, the legal the legal filing, um, and so you have like the you know little bubbles going back and forth in like the messages app on on an iPhone, and uh, they're typing normally back and forth, having an exchange, and then when Belichick says. Hey, I fucked up. I think, you know, Dable got the, the job. He finishes it off with BB. He does a sign off Bill Belichick, essentially signaling the conversation. Like we're not like, I'm not responding after this. Like we're good. And then Flores' response, which you can tell is seething with contempt and anger is just thanks, Bill. Um, and why that's important is because earlier in the exchange, he's calling him coach, right? Like still like kind of a fatherish sort of figure. Like a lot of people treat, um, like coaches they work under um, for, for a long time. And I think, I think uh, Flores is an ex player uh, as well. Um, but uh, just extremely, extreme, like delightful, like that <laughs> the Patriots are at the center of uh, somehow at the center, but not responsible for the mistake. 
It is more just like lobbing a grenade into like well, the giants well, and the dolphins. And there's no key thing coincidentally, there. coincidentally are in their division, or at least the, the dolphins are. And they're, they're, the other key thing here is that. So, yeah, I think I think Belichick was genuinely just like either he had it wrong. Who was like like he he had he had just texted the wrong person. He meant to be higher. He, I think he, he texted. I, it Dave. seems like he, he just, just texted. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Like it could happen to any of us. Right. Like it is, you know, the context list is just a Rolodex of everyone you ever talked to. And Brian and Brian be next to each other. But the key thing about also the fact that the job was already promised to someone else before Flores even like had this interview is that the NFL pushes really aggressively this like Rooney rule, uh, which is that they will try to place um, like minority candidates, uh, give them a fair hearing in these hiring processes. If Flores hadn't had his interview with the Giants and they'd already decided to hire this white coach from Buffalo then Flores' interview is 100% like just window dressing on this decision that's already made. And it's like to like because you are, you are required box. to you're required to interview, I think, at least two minority candidates before announcing your hire. And the idea is like, oh, if you get exposed to a broader set of people, then more of those people will get picked or at least they'll be up for those jobs and it'll all filter down eventually. At least that's the if you want to look, look at <laughs> that's the uh, in. in in theory, that's how it would work. Although in practice, obviously, that's not how it's how it's right. It's it's turned into a series of like window dressing interviews, and that is definitely yes. like. But Flores now had basically caught them red handed, right? Like it was it was clearly okay. So my interview is not real. My interview is them like checking a compliance box and moving on. So he is now suing the NFL uh, for discrimination. And it's one of those lawsuits that I have no idea if like the lawsuit is going to like. You know what I mean? Like in a court of law, I don't know what this lawsuit does. I don't like understand how it would play out. But where these things get fun is in the process of the lawsuit being fought out, we learn a lot of interesting things about the NFL. One of which is that Flores is alleging that uh, the owner of the Dolphins, uh, Ross, had bribed him to take a dive. He was offered him 100 grand per loss that season they were trying to tank wildly unethical and like unclear to me like the nfl doesn't want owners doing this shit so it's like this is is a pretty heavy allegation uh and one like i'm hoping that he has like a lot of proof of it because like this could actually really get the dolphins and ross in trouble the other thing is it, it all it all sounds plausible enough though right like oh yeah like regard regardless of the the specifics or the how much uh, whether Flores and his and his legal counsel will be able to meet whatever are the evidentiary requirements in a in a court of law, like I I have no idea. But like this was written and uh presented and timed with the first day of Black History Month in February. Like it's a PR battle. Like this is meant to give the NFL uh like a a, a black eye. Yeah. Like it it is it is meant to be uh pr- he uh, he understands he's torching his career as a result of this yep. um, is very unlikely to get hired anywhere uh, in the midst of the lawsuit. And most likely, you know, will be untouchable afterwards. Yep. Um, maybe not formally, but like he will be blackballed as, as a result. And even organizations that might be sympathetic to his plight are going to find some way to rationalize, not bringing him in because it will be seen as a toxic asset. But uh, uh, you know, I think in the, in the, Worst case scenario, Flores probably gets a shitload of money. Um, and in, in the best case scenario, you know, I think 
influences the creation of more uh more ways to try and inject more of these types of players to have opportunities into um into the system. I mean, like they're they're like basic things they proposed in the past. Like if you hire minority candidates, you should give those teams draft picks. Um, like find ways to meaningfully compensate teams to incentivize them to uh to take risk. It's like if they think if they think like why you know if, if somehow they view hiring a black coach as a risk, well then give them shit to incentivize them to do it. Like there are other ways to to do these things. Um, you know, well, if they push and they pushed out Stephen Ross, what if you just said? Like we are going to prioritize a, you know, minority owner um, of the Dolphins because that's a huge part of this is like it's a top down issue. Yes, there is a there is a lack of um, uh, like enough candidates that is a result of all sorts of systemic issues. But it's also just it's a good old, you know, it's a good old boys. club. like so they're like you need like, you know, if you don't have folks that are going to hire folks that look like themselves, um, like starting at the top is uh one of those instances where you could address it. I would also say that it's like one of those things where I think kind of one of the thrusts of this, of this lawsuit though, is also that like, Hey, like however we tried to incentivize this, it's not working. Like the, the numbers right. are all upside down. Um, like the ownership doesn't want to do this in a certain point, you know, they lose the benefit of the doubt and it just becomes, uh, just outright discriminatory practices. Like I think last year, one of the, uh, you know, coaches, uh, one of the, 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 the black coaches hired in the cycle was put in charge of the Texans uh, in a season yeah. where when he was hired, Deshaun Watson was very clear he did not want to play for the Texans ever. And then before the season started, Deshaun Watson was uh, widely accused of uh, multiple cases of sexual assault. And so then basically like couldn't play uh was sort of persona non grata um you know in in the nfl but like that was a guy who was like oh here's here's a black coach he is being sent to die in a situation where this team can't be good like this team is this this team is completely doomed but in the meantime the nfl's like coaching disparities look a little less terrible um well and and that guy's that guy uh david cully was his name uh was fired as a part of this cycle in which the team admitted it is unusual to hire to fire a coach in one season who outperformed our expectations, which like tells yeah. you everything about what wh- what this was about. This is a, a a team that only won four games, but their rookie a quarterback who ended up playing a pretty David Mills, um, this like second or third round pick. Um, he statistically had better stats than any rookie quarterback that was not Mac Jones on, on the Patriots, right? Like better than Justin Fields, better than um, uh, any of the other, like, like, so by all like statistical measures, like when given a shit sandwich, like David Culley, yeah. like ate the shit sandwich and said, I can work with these ingredients and like found, found a way to outperform um, his expectations well, and yet was still fired And part of the, and again, like I see your point, they hired the black candidate, so that they could say, look, we did it. And then they fire the black candidate because they won four games. And now, weirdly, weirdly, the Texans are now on the precipice of apparently Lovie hiring Smith. a black candidate, Lovey Smith, an ex, an ex longtime ex Chicago Bears coach who then went into, uh, he had two bad seasons with the Bucks and then was fired, kind of was then, you had your two chances. <laughs> had a disaster with the Illini. Yeah, went, went to, uh, yeah, went to Illinois and then, um, 
and then uh, found his way to be a defensive coordinator with the Texans last year. So he was already in the org and now they're elevating him. But of course, of course, remember, Rob, like still no one knows what's happening with Deshaun Watson. Right. So it just seems like it could be an instance in which you're convenient, like maybe to, you know, cover your tracks. Well, I guess hire another black coach and then we'll see where we're at. Right. You know, and the thing is, now. like, Lovey has a track record where it never feels like a risky hire. Also, very no. few people ever wonder why did Lovey Smith get fired because usually there's a there's a credible reason like why he might be let go. Um, like there's now like there's been more more failure than success I would say across his career. Um, but but there are cases like going back to Jim Caldwell being fired in Detroit. That was another guy who had taken a shambolic program, made Detroit a pretty decent team, and they fired him to like you know they're tired of not like making that leap into sort of a front runner in the NFC North. So they bring in Matt Patricia, who just blatantly sucked. Um, <laughs> sucked. Just just a terrible coach. But so like I, I think for me like one of the things that is also really clarifying about all this is the NFL like leadership is to a degree. It's all such like unaccountable family business. Like every team is basically like we talk about the owners, like no matter what, where the owner's money is coming from, they do not run the the teams like big businesses, right? The, the teams are really run like pet projects. Relationships are personal, et cetera. And I think the inability of the NFL to reform them, reform itself is so instructive, right? Because like in the corporate world, very slowly, very imperfectly, very unevenly, they do try to make some steps to like try and correct for some of this and try to like fix these Mm -hmm. practices in the NFL. We're talking like 20 years of like, does this seem completely upside down? Yes. What are we going to do about it? We're going to study it to see if there's a real problem. Um, And it reveals like how, useless the position of like Roger Goodell is in some ways, because like if you had a commissioner with authority, they could probably mandate some changes and like force some of these teams to like toe the line, right? Like, Hey, you're blowing this up for the entire league. Like stop fucking this up. Like here's guess what Miami, you fucked it up. Guess what? Here are your coaching candidates. Like hire one of these people, give them the three-year contract. I don't want to hear your name, but that's not who Goodell is. Goodell is basically the guy who goes out and takes shots for all the ownership. Um, and they sort of tuck in behind him. That's what he's doing here, where he's like, you know, NFL's not racist. Uh, you know, we, we haven't you haven't you seen and the, racism the the, the, the the signals on the back of our helmets that say end racism? Yeah. Like, well, you know what? The font is going to be ten points bigger next season. It's even going to end racism, bigger end racism. Yeah. So like, it's it's been it's been very like funny in this offseason, but also very grim, right? As yep. as you see, like the NFL. Um, actually taking steps back uh, on, on this front and and really trying to find any fig leaf it can. Um, and then in the meantime, yeah, when, when it appears to accidentally and against its will stumble across uh, talented black coaches, it then does its level best to like destroy their careers. Um, and in Brian Flores's case, like piss them off so badly that they will then burn down their careers because at this point it's no longer worth it playing the game uh, anymore. Yeah. Um, which, you know, you, you, you kind of, you have to respect, um, him having, cause I suspect if not in this cycle, then in the next Brian Flores was going to get another shot at being in charge of a team, his choice to go for the throat here. Um, yeah, like you said, probably is going to cost him those opportunities, 
but I admire the battle he's picked. Um, and it seems worth fighting. And I, I hope he, I hope he draws some blood, uh, in all this. So that's, that's the NFL update, uh, as we await the, the (laughs) big game. Um, yeah. I mean, it certainly seemed like it was, was, you know, it it being timed in the, like the two weeks of media frenzy before the Super Bowl. I mean, again, like that's why I think Flores is probably calculated that the likelihood of winning a lawsuit is low, but the there are ways to win without winning in a courtroom. Um, and then it just becomes a question of what is that? What does that look like next? I don't know, but I'm, I'm certainly glad he's he's going out swinging. Yep. Uh, so that will do it for today's show. Um, we will be so. Uh, in just a couple hours, uh, our newest member of our team, Renata Price, will be completing orientation. And then I think we're uh, kicking things off with her uh, by, you know, by the time you listen to this, this will already be archived on Twitch. But there will be another one happening uh, on Tuesday. Live, yeah. Live. We're going to be playing Crusader Kings 3 Royal Court. Uh, me, Gita, and Emily Lipstein. And uh, Renata is going to be helping produce alongside Kato and learning this whole setup. Uh, then we're going to have coffee with Kato uh, later this week. Um, and we might keep be calling that show different things. Oh, it's right. A, co- a, coffee appears. a coffee appears. A coffee appears. It's better. It is better. <laughs> I just need to. That means I don't have to be there if I'm, for some reason I'm sick. You can still have a coffee appear. For you that's, <laughs> that's true. This coffee is almost like a hot tub for my mouth. <laughs> it's actually God more like your it. mouth is the hot tub for the coffee. Anyway, yeah, the point sure. is, uh, all the all the all the latte foam wants to get in the Honestly, sauna room. Um, that is you, your there's tummy. no there's no jets in your mouth, so it's more like a bathtub for the coffee, right? Like. Yeah, there you go. Just well, <laughs> if the Seltzer Boys show up, you can get the jets in your mouth. Uh, <laughs> oh, the Seltzer Boys. All oh, them Seltzer Boys. Oh. Uh, so if you want more from Waypoint, you can follow us on Twitter at Waypoint, on Facebook and YouTube, Waypoint Vice. You can follow me on Twitter at Rob Zachney. Patrick? Uh, you can follow me at Patrick Kluppick. Kato. At A underscore Kato underscore appears. Uh, for Waypoint Plus listeners, this week uh, we have a Waypoint After Dark we recorded with Renata. Uh, oh, yeah, that'll be popping up on. <laughs> yeah, that'll be popping up on Wednesday. We'll be talking a little bit about uh, you know Ren- Renata's uh, path to path to Waypoint, and we're also be talking about just various other issues issues of mutual interest like curve monitors. Uh, so we will, <laughs> we, we get to all the burning questions on, on waypoint after dark. If that sounds good, or if you just want more waypoint, you can go to waypointplus.com and subscribe. Uh, that gives you access to our premium feed, but also it helps support, uh, waypoint and especially our streams such as the aforementioned back for blood streams or our ongoing Kingsfield series. Uh, so once again, that's waypointplus.com. Our theme is the, our theme music is by Bowen. The track is miss you off the, Pale Machine. Learn more at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. And that's it for this Monday. We'll talk to you again on Friday. Uh, Until then, fuck capitalism. Go home.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.